Hey, Macrodosing listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. PFT, you see uh, the breaking news about the Nationals? I did not. Potential sale? The learners are selling? Uh, exploring the possibility of selling, yes. To whomst? Uh, I don't see that. That's fucked up. Like, what? If you're going to sell the team, why are you going to get rid of Trey Turner, Max Scherzer? Why are you going to do that the year before you do it? Quote, this is an exploratory process, so there's no set timetable or expectation of a p- specific outcome. I will buy the Nationals. I feel that, like, is that a baseball team or a hockey team? It's baseball. a baseball team. I, we might need to strip Nationals? from his breaking news. Uh, like break that was not breaking news. Well, it's the it says breaking in all caps. Okay, I don't know. You didn't have to also. I just uh, asked if PFT had seen it. I had not seen that. No, uh, it's of I, interest to him. I, it is of interest to me. I think that. Um, I don't know. They, I didn't know they, that was a baseball team. That kind of fucked me up right there. The weird thing about about the Nationals and their cash flow situation is um, they are owed like hundreds of millions of dollars by the owner of the Orioles, Peter Angelos. That um, we, when they first like got into the market, there was some arrangement that they had to work out where it was like some sort of cable TV rights because in the area of like Baltimore, DC, there was uh, money that they had to split up. For the two markets, I forget exactly how it worked out, but Peter Angelus, the owner of the Orioles, owes a shitload of money to the Nationals, and he just hasn't paid yet. I don't think, I mean, he doesn't want to pay, obviously, but it's he has to pay. It's been ruled so. Any time that the Nationals have been looking to do these long term contracts with their superstars, they have to do almost like uh, Bobby Bonilla style offers. Obviously, not as extreme as the Bobby Bonilla contract, where it's spread over like twenty years or whatever. But that's what they've been offering their superstar players is like, hey, we've, we'll give you a big contract, but just know that it's going to be backloaded and you'll be getting paid for the next like 10 to 12 years. And Scott Boris has been like, no, we like our money up front um, because that's what a good agent will do. So it's really actually impacted the Nationals ability to sign free agents. Doesn't Scherzer make 15 million a year for the next like 10 years or something? Yeah. Yeah. So he took one of those deals. That was a, a big thing with the Bryce Harper contract as well. So that's a great. That's a great. Why wouldn't anybody? I would. I would love that actually. In addition to whatever he's, so next year he makes forty three million from the Mets. Mm-hmm. He also gets fifteen million from the Nats. Same thing the year after that. Same thing the year after that. Then twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. He gets another fifteen million from the Nationals, whether he's still playing or not. Twenty eight. He gets another fifteen million from the Dodgers. Ooh. Hmm. 
uh, the, the nationals are trying to pay Bryce in like 2048. If I remember correctly, they were like, here, we'll give you some today. Most of it's coming in a good 30 years from now. Yep. That's fire. It's like a great 401k. I was like, going to say, I, I just, don't hate that. I just figured out that they used to be the Expos. They sure yep. did. I didn't know that. And that's why I I was wondering where they went. <laughs> Arian last paid attention to baseball in 2005. <laughs> I had no idea the Expos were in the team anymore. That's Dude, crazy. Well, the Sox broke the curse. There's nothing for me to watch anymore. All right. <laughs> I do miss. That's crazy. I, I miss the Expos just as an organization. They had some sick uniforms, cool hats. They had fire uniforms. Right. They, they had great players. Having Mo- Montreal with a baseball team is is fun. I hope that they get another team. I felt kind of bad when when they moved down to to DC. But what are you going to do? I I. I'm upset that the Tampa Bay owner's vision got mocked so loudly. He, Arian, I'm sure you didn't hear about this, but no one in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, gives a shit about the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so they're trying to build a new stadium. They they weren't getting the funding they wanted. So they were proposing that they they didn't just have one city. They would play in both Tampa and Montreal. They would have two homes. So they would play 40 games in, in Montreal and 41 in Tampa. So they'd essentially always play road games. They would never have a home. Um, but I would love that as someone who has to play against the Rays frequently. But I think that'd be very funny. Like, we we don't have one home. We have two. I mean, imagine imagine being a free agent and the Rays are like, hey, you want to play for us? We're going to be traveling all the time. We're going to be on the road. Like, nobody would ever sign with the Rays. You have to pay Canadian and American taxes. Yeah. Do you get paid in Canadian dollars? I've always wondered that about the NBA, too. Do the players get paid in in the Canadian uh, loon? Nah, no, no. Because the, the central location of the, of the NBA is in. It's it's like, wouldn't it be just like you'd have to pay whatever the taxes over there? Because like, I, I, know, I know I had to pay taxes in each state that I played in. So, like, I had to, if we played in California, you you paid the taxes in that state for your game for that week oh that sucks yeah but i i played in texas and there's no state tax there but i played in texas and tennessee doesn't have any state tax either so tennessee and i think there's one more florida Florida. 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 so jacksonville so yeah jacksonville so two of the other games we we didn't have to pay taxes and so it was was pretty sweet though wait what's the taxes in west virginia like west virginia uh why why do you want to know that professional team there's no money in West Virginia. Yeah. I think it's a rough and rowdy thing. I think that's. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, I'm yeah. so fucked with my taxes. Just putting that. They're gonna come there. for you, bro. Have you not, come for you. Have you not done them yet? Well, I'm trying to do them the best. <laughs> Got it. You know you're coming up on it. It's this week, brother. You can get an extension. You get a week. But then if you if you do get an extension, uh, you have to pay some. You have to pay the money that you think that you owe up front. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm trying to do it the best. It's very Trump like. Yeah. So, he's going to do the, the most, best taxes over at Billy Enterprise. I, the I best, the best taxes. The most beautiful return you've ever seen. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was organized Excel spreadsheet. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, going around the room, let's talk a little bit about survival and just uh, what environment you think that you would be the best in. Hmm. Billy. I think I'd really do well in the northeastern woods because I think like 
that's what I know the best. Okay. That's that's my opinion just because I know. What's good to eat? Um, well, I mean, easy ones, squirrels. You think squirrels are easy? Well, I mean, literally, you can get, get a, make a slingshot, hit a couple squirrels with some stones. You would go out there like Dennis the Menace. How are you fashioning the slingshot? You're going to need some elastic. Probably going to have to get your underwear involved. Take the elastic okay. band out of your underwear. That's how I'd probably do it. Um, you have to, The hardest part would probably be finding a forked, uh, a forked branch to make the actual um, wishbone wooden part. And mm-hmm. yeah, then uh, probably make a little uh, pouch for it using some sort of um, piece of cloth. And then stones are going to be everywhere. And then honestly, hopefully the squirrels I'm around aren't like too deep in the woods squirrels. They're like, you know, used to humans type squirrels. I mean, you like if you wanted to, you could go to Central Park right now with a good old daisy slingshot and ball bearings and like go just rack up squirrels. Be like the Carson Wentz of squirrel hunting. Just like nail them. It'd be pretty insane. But like once you get deeper in the woods, they're less scared of humans. I mean, they're more scared of humans deeper in the woods. So So you're you're good as long as your survival's on easy mode. No, I'm just saying like this shot would be hard the farther away the squirrels stay away from you. But do you really think you could hit a squirrel with a slingshot? I've done it before. Not even. No, 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 no. Not a slingshot. A homemade slingshot. The home, I, yeah, the slingshot I, I did use was a daisy wrist rocket with ball bearings. But I ate the squirrel. So how you do is this. You can only eat the back two legs of the squirrel, the hind corners. And they're honestly, like I, they say they're comparable to, to chicken wings in so, a way. So you killed the squirrel and then you like skinned it. Yeah. You chopped off its back legs. Yeah. And then you, what, put it over fire? I actually took it inside and put it in a pot and pan. Okay. This is something that actually happened. It's very gamey. So anytime Billy says this is something that actually happened, <laughs> the, the the alarms go off in my head and I begin to think that maybe it was something that didn't actually happen. <laughs> I will call my dad. I believe this one. Yeah, no, it was it was an exercise. Yeah, I was I was skeptical about you. Being so confident about you killing a squirrel, but if you say you killed a squirrel before, bro, yeah, well, I, hard, I got no reason to 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 be skeptical. Well, about you it. need a clean shot. That's the hardest part. So, are you allowed <laughs> to kill squirrels in Central Park? The, no, not in Central. No, no, no. It wasn't in Central Park. No, I'm just curious. Uh, I don't think like uh, let's check that out. Probably not. Can you? Because kill... I was about to say I want to send Billy out now into Central Park. See if he can fashion a slingshot out of his underwear. <laughs> Wishbone wood part. Yeah. I got I got a good elastic band today. MeUndies? MeUndies. Yeah. Great elastic band. It is a good elastic on a MeUndie. Yeah. The most deadly of all the underwears. <laughs> I want to send Billy out there. Oh, oh but also we, we got the it? we got but the number one thing we got today was fish first. It's true. Yeah. And honestly, it'd be much tastier. And I've done a good amount of fishing in the Northeast. Honestly, I would hope I was close-ish to the ocean. So I'm a big fan of the ocean. I know. What, what about you, Big T? What's What's the survival situation you think you could dominate and how would you do it? I don't think there is one. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a survival type. No? Uh, 
I, I don't foresee any situation where I would have to do any sort of surviving that would go well. Have you seen the TV show Yellow Jackets? No. Has anybody here? Is that the, I, I know you what you it told is, me though. about it. It's about a, a girls soccer team, high school girls soccer team that they're playing crashes out in the woods when they're on their way to the state tur- or the national tournament. And I think there's like nine of them that survive and their coach and they have to figure out like how to how to survive out in nature and like what they can kill and stuff. It's pretty cool. It gets like a little bit um, like Billy would like it because it gets into like a little bit of the like spiritualness of being out in nature. And there's some like weird supernatural type stuff that may or may not be happening to them. Have you guys ever read Lord of the Flies? I have. Fascinating. Seen the movie back in the day. Yeah. It was, it was fun. That make you think that you could do it? No, it was just very, it was a great commentary on the breakdown of, you know, like humanity mm-hmm. and how everyone just reverts into pretty desperate behavior. I do think that a lot of people have the fantasy when they're growing up of like, man, I I think I could survive out in nature. There's a lot of, there. like, if you look back over the course of history and literature, there's a lot that's written about just mm-hmm. a story of some dude being alone by himself surviving. Robinson Crusoe. Mm. Yeah, I do. I think that a desert island, I think I would dominate on a desert island like in Castaway. I've seen enough movies that I know how to make one of those little uh, fences, make a tidal pool and mm. trap the fish in there. So when the t- you use the tide as as your fishing device, I'm thinking birds in that situation. You got to figure out how to kill birds. That's tricky, though. But you just very tricky. You got to set up some sort of, you know, slingshot. Put some food, find out what they like, smash crabs because they love crab. Like if you're in a desert island, crab, like look under rocks, find a little crab, smash them, make sure they're in the sun so it gets smelly. The birds come in, they start pecking around. You got to then figure out how to, you know, get the birds and probably maybe the slingshot idea. But I'm also thinking maybe. I'm a fan of the old, uh, the old cardboard box stick and then the long rope that's tied to the stick. Donnie is a. That's another one of the things he does. He can fashion really good rock traps with a trip and a snare. So like he can catch like th- like good old fashioned big rock held up by stick that's attached to a little bit of lure. Then like rabbit or something crawls under there to get whatever the bait is or if it's just a snare in the middle of a, a game path and then it gets caught and the rock just smashes it. Two two things I I figured I would encounter a lot more in my life, much like um, everyone talks about uh, quicksand. Yeah. But two things I thought I would I would come across more frequently is uh, a large hole that I didn't see because it was covered by thousands of leaves Mm -hmm. and uh, those ropes that you step on and immediately flip you upside down uh, in a tree by one foot. Yeah. The snares. Those things are crazy. I think yeah, I've I've seen none. They Neither only exist in cartoons. Correct. <laughs> oh, speaking. but they look like they do the job pretty well. Yeah, it like creates a an airtight loop around your legs, and the next thing you know, you're just hanging upside down. I want to learn how to make one of those. I think it has to do with tying a tree, because that's an actual snare. It's like bending a tree over. Yeah, it's like a sapling, something yeah. that's still like nice and and pliable. Yeah. I think they it actually does work with like smaller game animals. I would love to experiment with that. But I, I, I feel like the desert island 
Well, when I say desert island, I just mean I'm deserted on an island, but it's tropical. Basically, what I'm what I'm saying I'd be good at is like living in paradise <laughs> yeah. with nobody around me. You guys I know, would like, dominate Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of quicksand, have you guys ever heard of non-Newtonian fluid? Oh, you guys. Yeah, retweeted watch- that shit the other day. Yeah, dude, you gotta watch some videos. Non-Newtonian. It's insane. Fluids like is like crazy. It's like fluid that doesn't conform to like regular rules of physics if you like punch it it's like concrete but if you slowly put your hand into it it's basically a liquid so your hand just goes in like liquid wasn't that the stuff we made in like grade school science class where it was like cornstarch and water yeah but we called it like flube or something yeah i do remember that but it wasn't as compact i'm sure it was like i'm sure there's obviously but the same idea where it was like it didn't solid if you, you know, we put should enough make force on it. I might just start doing a video series of just like science Like middle school science yeah. experiments. Because that was like so much fun. But Killing anyway. squirrels. Yeah. That was a that was more of a practice. Um, what about you, Arian? What situation do you think you'd be good at surviving in? Uh actually when I was when I was twelve, um, my grandma well, my mama from like a small, small farm. Well, it's a big farm, but it's a small place. Um, in Springer, New Mexico, that's where she was from. And so my my grandfolks, they like hella country. And so my grandma, my grandpa broke up because <clears throat> he was cheating on her. She got with this dude who actually died. Damn, I'm thinking about it. But it's going to be a happy story, I promise. He was like a ranch. He's like a rancher, but like he was paid to to take people, take people's cattle, and like move them to different places. And so he used to stay like in the woods. And so one summer, my mom was like, "Yo, go with I think his name was like Charlie or some shit. Go with him uh, on a, on this trip." <clears throat> so for two weeks, I was in the woods with this with this cat by myself. And so it was just me and him. And so we had to survive off the land. Like we were just surviving off the land. And it was a wild experiment. Obviously, he was doing all the shit. I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I just did everything that he said. But it was a really fun experience at the time. Um, and so I know a little bit of survival skills, but I just choose not to put myself in that predicament as an adult. Because why? And I, but if I had to say it, it had to be somewhere where there's for sure a water source. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. some kind of like rainforest maybe feel like where i know there's fresh water sources so i don't have to like i think the water is the main thing because i could go i can go pretty long without food yeah actually your your biggest survival skill is knowing not to put yourself in a situation where you have to survive that's facts we're all surviving just all the time what about you coley yeah our ancestors fought so hard to set up the lives we have now so that we don't have to do this. And now we just spend all day being like, how would I do it? My, my great, 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 great grandfather would be like, dude, just go to McDonald's. That's awesome. <laughs> I would just live inside McDonald's. What are you doing? We have it so good. Like wait, it's, it's, it's the best. Um, I mean, my, like I grew up, I've told the story about my father with Y2K and like all the shit he's drilled into my brain when it comes to, so like my ideal survival uh, where I'd thrive would be like within 
an urban environment, but similar to what Billy was saying earlier, not with a nuke. I would not survive the nuke. But like if let's say like all the Internet or all electricity, like an EMP took everything out um, and society crumbled pretty quickly, like I feel like I'd be really good in an urban environment where there's like a lot of canned goods like I'm pretty good at at like breaking into stores, stealing everything, hoarding uh, that kind of survival. Not like out in the woods, out in the desert. Forget about it. Like, eh, no, thank you. Uh, on an island, like by myself, no, that's not going to go very well. It would very much have to be society crumbled. There are limited supplies, but supplies nevertheless. Can I get those? Get them back to my home? And then basically just survive in advance, like a low-seated NCAA <laughs> tournament team. That's all I'm trying to do. I think that if you have children of your own, if you have offspring, you have a major advantage when it comes to a survival situation because you have like that reason. Like you'll kill somebody if it means right. that your kids will survive. I think us, like those of us that don't have children, would probably be a little bit more hesitant to go like all out just in the name of our own survival. Whereas if there's something that's that is depending on you that you're genetically linked to. It's like, you're a very dangerous animal at that point. Mama bear, right. mama bear mentality, mama That's bear right. mentality. But uh, Coley, in your situation, how populated is the urban area? Uh, like the one I currently live in or no, no, just but, this area? Cause my like opinion about like the, like if you're in a city with a bunch of hungry, like hungry people, the competition for those resources and gathering them, I think that's going to be one of the biggest um, hurdles because you're going to have roving gangs of um, like looters. You're going to have like different sorts of like rival factions. You know, there's like just the the propensity for conflict in that sort of area. I think would be the hardest hurdle. And that would be high, but I don't know that the the gangs would would be there instantaneously like i don't know that that like there would be a lot of individuals at first I, that's why i said survive in advance because the longer yeah. it goes then yeah you're talking about yeah. people ha it's it's walking dead like yeah, yeah people would form their own communities and stuff and then it would certainly be harder or easier depending on if i fell in line with a successful one of those but it would very much be a day by day, just uh, hoping for the best, hoping for the electricity to come back yeah. on. My game plan in you that situation. Aaron. Would it would it be looting at that point, though? No, no. That, when I say looting, it's more like just other people. Like, let's say, for example, you had a, a house. I'm and, trying to check out. I'm swiping my card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not when I say, but like, let's say you have a house and you have a lot of supplies in the house and then someone comes and tries to take your supplies because they know you have. Definitely. Yeah. That, I mean, that would. I'm saying with it, I don't even know if that would be looting because it's like, all right, if, if you see lions out in the wild and a lion got a, a, a kill, and the lion sees that another lion got killed, and he kills that lion and takes his. Is that looting or is he just surviving? Well, right, it's survival, but there is the the idea that you, the more supplies you gather, the more of a threat other people are to you. But I'm talking about the concept of looting. Like, when does it become? When do, where's the line between looting and surviving? Now, where the, we're like. The reason I would use the 
term looting was because it was the closest term to the action I was trying to describe. So I don't know if that was the proper terminology. In, oh, I'm not. I'm not banging on you on that. I'm just asking, yeah. like, what, 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 like, philosophically. Yeah. No. No. What, I agree. What would be the distinguishing factor between somebody surviving and somebody looting? The, the <laughs> this is what it is. The distinguishing factor is that another person is doing it. So hey, my saying? people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's the one. That's, I got you. I mean, it makes yeah. That's if that's they do the right it way. to me or it. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. It's like, is, well, I guess it's like, what was the cause? Like, if you're truly poor, you truly have nothing and you steal a loaf of bread. Like, is that stealing? A lot of people would say yes. A lot of people would say no. Uh, like, I feel like the most widespread looting I can think of, like, the last 20 years was post-Katrina. Um, and those people were truly just trying trying to survive and the way mm-hmm. it was framed by certain uh entities was either these people are are thieves and other people are like yeah man i mean what <laughs> what do you want them to do like there's not much they can do yeah <clears throat> it's interesting so isn't that wasn't there a crazy story that chris kyle claimed he was on top of the superdome yeah and that sniping he was shooting looters people. yeah that they deployed him yeah but that's who knows how much of that he was making up and how much of it was true. Cause there's a lot of stuff that he did make up. Yeah. Um, that's, and if that was true, then he's like just admitting to being a murderer. Uh, but what if he was sent there obeying orders? You never know. You never know. He also, there was something that he had, I think Jesse, the body Ventura filed a lawsuit against him because Chris Kyle slandered him in his book and like made something up. And Jesse the body won the lawsuit against Chris Kyle, and it was proven that like <laughs> Jesse was in the right. Jesse the body Ventura is maybe maybe one of my favorite public figures in the United States because the guy goes so far back and forth. You can't put a pin on what he's going to believe about any specific topic. No matter who you are, where you fall in the political spectrum, you don't agree with over probably thirty percent of what Jesse the body says about any particular topic but he just keeps going and keeps coming out with these takes i like that vibe he's a wild card yeah real wild card you remember when he he got was he governor what did he get up to yeah Yeah, he was governor of minnesota minnesota and i think on day one he like repelled into the state capitol from a helicopter (laughs) all time all time psycho we should have him on the show actually he did that show he's done he's uh what's the What's the big uh, weather controlling machine they have out in Alaska? Oh, DARPA. Yeah, yeah. He was I, he he unearthed a lot of that, like brought it public. Yeah, we should we should do a DARPA episode with with Jesse. Was it Harpa? I think it is Harp. Is it Harpa? I think it's H A A. Let's see. I'm looking up right now. DARPA. Yeah. Okay. My apologies. Well, there's Harp. what is it, and what is this? There's HARP and there's DARPA. So DARPA is the uh, alleged weather controlling machine. And then HARP is H-A-A-R-P. And it's the high frequency active auroral research program. That's in Alaska. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the the program. That's like the research program. Okay, DARPA is something else then. Jesse's all over all these things. Yeah, oh no, listen. You're not going to sneak one past the body. That's not what you're going to do. DARPA is a time machine project that the Pentagon has been invested in. Yeah, it's the de- development of emerging technologies for military use. 
Yeah, there was Project Pegasus. And some people claim that they were that they've been sent back in time to meet historical figures using DARPA. Oh, so there was that UFO. I don't know if it was people think it was just contrails, but over Alaska over the weekend, it was just this like uh, uh, like you can't really. I mean, there's actual professional uh, pilots who say that it was just definitely a plane flying in the sky. But just to touch on UFOs real quickly, I was like thinking about it a lot over the weekend after seeing that picture, and I 100% think that it might be the U.S. government anti-nuclear missile technology. Could be. The way they move, it's just like like the way they describe them moving it ways we don't know. And hypothetically, they could be somehow bending time or space just like – and that's how they move. And so hypothetically, Russia – North Korea, they shoot one at us. We we have something that can move before it even gets there, and that's why it always shows up. Like they always show up around, like shutting down nuclear missile silos in different areas. It's more of an anti nuke force. Yeah, I mean it, that that might actually make sense because I know that we do have the technology that's it's been designed to shoot down nukes, but from everything that I've read, it's like really <clears throat> bad. So. If Russia were to launch like all their nukes at us, we yeah. could take out maybe like 20% of the incoming missiles and we'd miss a lot of them. Because a lot of times when they shoot, uh, the plans are when they shoot the missiles over, there's a bunch of them that are decoys yeah. that go over at the same time as a regular warhead. So you don't know which one to target. Yeah. And then, um, or they're just all nukes. Or they could be all nukes. Like, yeah. But I think the that old system is built a lot like the Israeli bubble system. Uh, what's it called? The, the something shield. Um, oh, the which, Iron Dome. The Iron Dome, yeah. And it takes down rockets by just like shooting them. If you look, at it, it's a really cool system. I mean, cool in a physical sense. I, I'm, I'm not commenting on that, but just like how it shoots down rockets. Pick a side, Bill. Well, <laughs> rockets also, those travel like so much slower than, than yeah. a hypersonic intercontinental ballistic yeah. missile would. Yeah. Well, but they were designed to just shoot down like old ass nuclear missiles my i think going back to survivalism real quick my favorite survival stories are always the ones where a guy just survives in an airport by himself because he doesn't have a ticket to get out and he's caught in between limbo with like an expired passport or something like that doesn't have enough money to get a ticket like tom hanks in that movie the terminal where i think i could survive in an airport for a long time you just keep moving around that's the trick is you don't sleep in the same part two nights in a row you just keep moving Maybe eventually you find yourself um, like a, a janitorial closet and you take a janitor's outfit and then you just walk around all day just pretending that you're a janitor. You don't get thrown out. I'm pretty good at not getting kicked out of places. Now, quick question. How much money do you have on you? If I had $500, I think I could stretch that out in an airport. You know how expensive how long? airport food and beers yeah, and no, stuff are? Well, I but at be- night, ain't nobody going to be in the kitchen. Yep, exactly. And I don't think I'd be like getting drunk, Billy. That'd be a real waste of money during the day. It's like, okay, I got five hundred dollars. How long can I stay here? Uh, they do have they got those nine dollar blue moons. That looks pretty good. Probably has some citrus in it. Get my vitamin C. Don't get scurvy. No, the trick is drink of blue moon. The trick is you you load up um usually the nuts prices that they have in airports aren't that bad. I would get a shitload of almonds. I would just buy almonds almost every day. Get all your energy out of that. 
And then um, I'd probably spring for some of the good airport water too. I'm a sucker for good airport oh, well, water. Well, there are there is. We got water fountains. There, water brother. fountains, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you see the the tall Voss glasses; those just look good. I that would be my weakness, probably. Like they still have like <laughs> the McDonald's value menu if they have a McDonald's in the airport. It's true. It also mm. depends on what airport you're at. If you're at Atlanta or like Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, Atlanta. I could survive for a long time I mean, at the Atlanta airport. That thing is so spread out. Yeah. That's a big ass airport. But like mm-hmm. if you were in like Des Moines, Iowa airport. Mm-hmm. That would be, well now I'm hungry. I did it can't, it can't possibly be a US based airport. You could just get home. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah, but not if you don't have a ticket. Let's send you to. Also, when I said five hundred dollars, I could you could just buy a ticket with the five hundred dollars. So <laughs> easy, <laughs> everywhere on the country. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I, there was a, a story about, I think it was a guy in China that had been living in an airport for a while, but it was just so that he could get away from his family. He just wanted to like drink beer and hang out in an airport, and he was just. I think he'd been in the airport for like two years or something. Hmm. Legend. But he was dead. He was just in terminal C. <laughs> yeah. What about you, That's Avery? Crazy. What survival situation? I said if you throw me in like an Amazon warehouse, that that'd be it. I'd be able to survive. They don't have People bathrooms. Paid there. are barely surviving there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. They got bathrooms. Do they? I guess I'll have to find out. Yeah, they, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to use them. <laughs> they did a study of uh, back injuries of Amazon employees versus every other known profession. And it is alarming how many severe back injuries those people are getting. What about you, Mad Dog? Uh, so mine's similar to yours. I think I'd be good in a mall, like mm-hmm. a big abandoned mall. Like, because you could, the um, variety of, resources you have i think would be pretty good like you would have maybe there's like a sleep number store in there i didn't know when we were doing survival scenarios you could just pick somewhere that has everything you'd possibly <laughs> okay, wait, need in that case i'd like to revise my answer okay yeah, i'm yeah, gonna you... go costco with mine yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, your, your, your survival scenario is basically just i quit <laughs> well no because i thought we were saying like in the woods die. or shit no, okay, then, and, anywhere. and y'all are just like oh I'd, I'd okay, be in somewhere that has all the things I would possibly need and I'm good to go I'll revise my answer I'll revise my answer okay I'm going then um, like honestly Ohio I know I talk about it a lot Ohio gas station <laughs> yeah well a rest stop no but like Lake Erie like if you are stranded on Lake Erie it's shallow enough because it's the most shallow Great Lake that I feel like if I were like cast like i got stranded on a boat in lake erie one it usually doesn't freeze over fully if you're close enough to shore and fresh water and there's there's a decent variety of fish that are still there speaking of fish um and the thing about lake erie is that it goes from ohio and then all of the states like pennsylvania right there and then you can go into canada so like 18 miles off the shore from Ohio is your southernmost point of Canada. It's like a little island. So if you just float long enough and you can just kind of scoop out water, I'm hoping it's not during like the dead of winter that I'm getting stranded. I use the the Great Lakes water, which is subpar at best, but then you kind of float into Canada and like maybe Canadian Coast Guard picks me up. How long do you think you could survive just on water? 
probably longer than I th- you think. I think you can do like three. It's like three weeks, right? Three, three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Do um at some point do you stop getting hungry? Because the first, yeah. Yeah. if I don't eat for ten hours, I'm super super hungry. I I can't imagine that you still you feel that exact same feeling. For- Dude, if you took if you took a severely obese person and you put them in, why are you whispering? <laughs> If you get the fat, fat people can't hear it. and they stop eating, <laughs> Dude, no, yeah, I, let's talk about it. Hypothetically, uh-huh. hypothetically, if you if you made sure that they could not have any access to food and could only holy shit. Like how long? Okay, how- if you locked them in a cage and only gave them water and vitamins, they could survive for like years. For I years? don't think that's accurate. No, seriously. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. I'm talking like water and vitamins. What do you mean vitamins? Just like vitamins so you don't get scurvy. And Why is scurvy coming so up all the time? Scurvy. I, I thought scurvy was going to be a much bigger problem in my life growing up oh. like how how <laughs> coley thinks the, how coley thinks the traps you think scurvy well because i i read so many pirate books that <laughs> but you're like, not a pirate uh, in my like mind vitamin c yeah Doesn't vitamin c, c like yeah, so that was knock that out no th- problem yeah so that was the first thing i thought of when it was like so there's like a thing like you could survive because they have so many stored calories mm-hmm. i think in they a pound that energy i think them. in a pound of pure fat i think it's something like 10,000 calories or something around Oh, I thought it was like 3,500. 3,500? Even, I mean, even that. Even, yeah, but even that, like, so if you're 400 pounds and let's- Years, bro? 3,500, you get you like a a cool day and a half of nutritional value. Uh, Turns out this is completely wrong. Uh, (laughs) Fat people would only be able to survive longer if they had enough vital water-soluble B vitamins in their system to metabolize fat storage. So that's exactly what I said. Water and vitamins. Big. That's a big dub. All right. So let, let's. That's uh, a dub for Billy. Let, let's, I don't think so. That's another big T. And what big? Even what big T said didn't say years. Well, I'm just saying, like, like depending on how much weight they had, they could probably You're survive like for a pretty long time. Thousand pound sisters. Yeah. All right. There, there's a guy named Angus Barberi. Angus Barberi sounds like a large man. He was a big dude. <laughs> he lived in Scotland. He fasted for 382 days, living on tea, coffee, soda, water, and vitamins, just living at home in Scotland. <laughs> so he would just go check into the hospital, the local hospital, every now and again, just to monitor and, and make sure that he wasn't actively dying. He was 27 years old, and uh, the doctors said that he should fast for a short amount of time. Barbary didn't believe him. And he wanted to reach his ideal weight. So I'm reading from Wikipedia right now. For 382 days, ending on July 11th, 1966, he consumed only vitamins, electrolytes, an unspecified amount of yeast, and zero-calorie beverages like tea, coffee, and sparkling water, and small amounts occasionally of milk and sugar with the beverages. So his starting weight was 455 pounds. He stopped fasting when he reached his goal weight of 180 pounds. After 382 days. Yeah. What was, what, what's this, what's buddy's name? His name is Angus Barbary. It's the longest fast ever recorded. So that's why obesity, like, so for example, like humans got the ability to put on all that mass 
so that they could survive crazy times where they couldn't eat food. So that's like, so honestly, all the people who easily put on body fat are going to do much better in a situation where they do not have food. I was reading a book yesterday. Actually, this doesn't come from a TikTok. This comes from a book um, about how the bigger you are, the sensitivities that your brain has to be like your full um, decrease. So your brain, it's something to do with the body fat and the chemicals in the body fat interrupt. I think it's leptin, the chemical that tells your brain to stop eating. And so if the bigger you get, the less your brain tells you to stop eating. So if you are stripped of food, if you, if in your situation that you're coming up with, you're a larger person and you are basically thrown without food, I don't know how their body would react because their brain right. lets them eat more. Right, but their ghrelin, which is the other, uh, that's the hunger antagonist, only releases the same amount. So even though the leptin might not kick in, you're only a hunger the same amount to make the ghrelin stop. What's ghrelin? Ghrelin is the synth- is a hunger hormone. Oh. Which is also like the active, like ghrelin has a great effect on your pituitary gland mm-hmm. to release growth hormone. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the basis of uh, intermittent fasting is that being hungry helps release more growth hormone, which does a lot of stuff. There are also a lot of cases of monks that used to fast for a month or so back in the day. They would just drink beer. They would yeah. drink like two beers a day. And that's where they would get their nutrition from. Well, this was like an old Irish thing, but sometimes like during like the, like in like a construction worker once told me about this and his philosophy was he only drank Guinness. He didn't eat all day. And just at the end of the day would just drink 10 Guinnesses. And like that's, and he like, that was his diet. Guinness has like a little bit of protein in it too. There's an old, I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a story that, um, rats used to crawl into the vats and they would die. And so every Guinness would have like a little bit of meat in it. So it was like more nutritious. It sounds like cap. I, I just heard Guinness yeah. is good for you. I, I've experimented with a few fasting things. I did uh, every now and then I'll still do it like a water fast. I'll do a water fast. Like for like three days, I'll do nothing but drink water uh, just to like reset and re-cleanse. That's crazy. Uh, I've done It's It's hard to do. Actually, Funny enough, what helps me out, because like I be get like it's the hunger just like takes over your head. But what I do that helps me, I, I would watch like Naked and Afraid episodes and like seeing them starve would help me. <laughs> so I would like binge watch Naked and Afraid episodes. But another one that I did, which is really interesting, was I did nothing but potatoes for seven days. Ah. So I just I just ate potatoes for seven days straight. And I, I, cause I heard it, I don't know where I heard it, but, um, and I watched this YouTube about this dude who did it for like a year and the he director. lost a whole bunch of weight. It's uh, Silent Bob. Yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith. So, so he, I guess he lost like, I don't know, a whole bunch of weight. He did it for an entire year. Um, I was on, I would have, I just wanted to try it out. And so I did it for like seven days. I lost nine pounds. I did eat nothing, nothing but, and I told about, I ate as much potatoes as I wanted. Like, I didn't, I didn't dress them with anything. So I, I, I think I seasoned them. I put like some salt and pepper on them, but like it was all just baked. I just baked all of them. And like, it, it's it's actually interesting. How you, the potatoes is probably one of the most nutritious 
food sources we have on the planet. So Kevin Smith's diet, I remember we, we talked to him a while ago, but he um, he was very, very overweight. And so to get off of you know the lifestyle that he was in, to get healthy, his diet became that he would just eat potatoes and nothing but boiled potatoes, no like seasoning, no nothing. But he could have as many potatoes as he wanted. And then gradually he got to introduce like broccoli to his diet. <laughs> And he lost a shitload of weight. He's pretty much like half the size that he used to be. That I, I don't know. Like I, I understand that that potatoes are good for you, but I can't think of anything less appetizing than eating nothing but like unseasoned potatoes. Plain, yeah, plain potatoes is the tough part. I couldn't do the not seasoned. I had to put some. On. Maybe some That's like wild. But what about what about just French fries? Yeah, you can't fry that's, it. That's oh, you fried. can't fry it. You can't that's, fry that's, it. That's unhealthy. Hmm. So, Arian, when you're doing your water cleanse, when you do your three days of just water, do you have like a, a meal that you eat to get yourself off it? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't go right into, you know, steak and eggs. I think um, in order to do it responsibly, what I was told to like introduce your body back into after after water fasting was like you just you juice. And so you get like really fresh juices and um usually I mean, you can get them from the place you know the companies that juice and i would just get like you know kale celery apple whatever and just introduce that and it's like day one i would eat juices or light foods like fruits stuff like that i'm sure I, i'm sure my body could handle it but i that's just what i was told so i just did it so kevin smith went back on that diet during the uh during the pandemic because he put on some weight when he was in quarantine and so he went back i can't i can't think of anything less like uh I don't know, like just it would suck the soul out of me if I had spent two years eating nothing but potatoes and gotten down to my goal weight. And then like five years later, it's like, oh, shit, you got to go do the potato thing again. That's like (laughs) that's definitely a one time thing for me if I ever have to do it. But he also was he was in an extreme circumstance where he had a 100 percent blockage of that one artery that uh, the Widowmaker, where if it goes, then you're dead. Oh, jeez. Damn. But uh, yeah, damn. Just eating nothing but potatoes. fucking gross but i guess that's what they did in ireland back in the day yeah i did i did keto um over the summer last summer like actually went hard on it and it made me drop so much weight that that's why people started commenting billy ate ball on all my photos because they thought (laughs) i was doing drugs but i was really just not eating carbohydrates how long could you survive on water and cocaine Mm. Hmm. probably really long you think so? You think Coke actually like would extend? Isn't it an appetite suppressant? Uh, yeah. Like if what if yeah. you're like smoking cigarettes and well, can you smoke six? I don't know. In your hypothetical, yes. Those nutritious cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> but like all of those are like appetite suppressants, like Adderall. You just you don't get hungry. Stimulants. So I mean, you mm, actually I don't know if you would survive longer or you would just not get as you hungry. Might die of something different. Different. Fentanyl. Yeah, you might just overdose on mm-hmm. cocaine. Yeah. Might be another issue. Your heart would probably be all fucked up. I've also heard that fasting can mess with your organs, like even your heart. It can give you arrhythmias and stuff. Mm-hmm. Damn, I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, snakes, they only eat like one meal a month sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, they're cold-blooded, so they don't have to heat themselves. So they don't need all their calories are dedicated towards just movement, hunting, not heating. Mm-hmm. That's what's sick about mammals. We like have our own heating system. 
Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Question. That is pretty sick. Yeah. If we were in a yellow jacket situation, like all of us, how do you think that would go? Like, what would what would go down? Honestly, that's when Billy would shine, I think. I do, too. Either Billy would absolutely shine or he would come back no. day one with some sort of poisonous part of a poisonous animal. And we'd Just all die eat it and die. Yeah. Well, I think the most important part would be teamwork and cohesion. That's, would we go that, yellow jackets and, like, start eating each other? No, no. Well, that's, that's what happens? No, I, well, mm-hmm. it's... Okay, it's still a little alert. nebulous. Spoiler alert. Um, we don't know. Yeah, no, it's all about like, like for example, I, I know people like, you know, being on a zoo, but like the whole thing is like cohesion and like in those situations, it's not about like, it's about just accomplishment and group dynamic. Just getting small wins? No, no, no it's just not about wins. It's not about winning or losing. It's surviving. about surviving. I it's about, I, yeah, that's. Winning and losing. It's a pretty right. big dub, actually. Right, but it's like, it's going to be like, okay, guys, this is what we got to do. We need to food, shelter, water. First, let's start building shelter. Other group go out to get a water, win. to find water. That's a win. But mm-hmm. the, that, that dubs, implies so that there's a competition, accomplishment, like, but like. The, You're trying to win life. Yeah. Right. But once, but once it gets in those situations, once it starts to get quote unquote competitive, who can get most wins. That almost makes the group break. That's not down. the competition. That's, that's interesting, though. That you that you say that, though, Bill. Well, because I've been that in like, competition creates non cohesion in a communal. Well, in a interesting, yeah, interesting thought. Big T, yeah. what what would your move be? Would you become a communist? Like if if us, <laughs> if all of us were trapped somewhere in the woods. And right out of the plane, wreckage. He's like, I'm a communist. Now. <laughs> yeah, we, we have we have a cabin. There's like a pond nearby. But we're trying to like contact, you know, people for help, search and rescue, things like that. But we're gonna be there for a few months. What's mine is yours. Or are you like if you find it, you eat what you kill? A a survival situation is very different than the construction of an economic system Agreed. for a country. Agreed. So, I'm I'm just curious. I don't think it's really an ideological uh it problem at that point. It- it's it's very how how's it how's it very how's it different though? I I mean I guess you can have a philosophical difference as to whether or not you're like every man for himself or whatever. I don't I think if if we were all trying to be in everybody's best interest, we would, but that's very different than being a communist. It will the type how? of it's because we're trying to honestly, not die in that situation. That would be one you of the situations to, where no, nobody's trying to not die right now. No, but for example, everybody's trying to not die. Sure, but we're all living under a system where most people are fine. Now, now think about it this way. So what? No, no. But, what do you mean what? But Billy's been trying to get this point out mean? for like a minute. What so. do you mean most people? Like most people are not fine. Most people live check to check or worse. Most people are not fine. What he means okay. is that anyway. food, water, shelter, in most many cases, has already been achieved. I do think that there's a big difference between a group of like seven to ten people and then yeah, seven right. billion people. I would consider us a, oh. a homogenous group in that we all are the same and that we know each other, work on the same podcast. So we are a insular group in that way. So, for example, let's say... We all bring stuff to the table. We have hunters, gatherers, you know, people stayed home to build and we all come back at the end of the day. If I bring a deer home 
you know, and then we have fish coming from there. We have berries, we have fruits. We'd allocate them not equally, but in that we had an equal like share of the stuff, but we gave to others what we deemed necessary. Just a word of warning. I'm recording this after we tape the rest of the show. Things get very real on today's episode. Would you say that's fair, Big T? Contentious, yeah. Things get contentious in a good way. We're going to talk about different survival situations, where we would excel, where other people in this group maybe might not excel, maybe where there might be some fractures in our relationship as a podcast, what different roles we would fit in. And we're going to do some voicemails too. Uh, We also have two very special guests joining us on today's episode. And I can say this now, Billy's gone. Um, Billy is big, big fanboys of these guys. And Billy also thinks that he can survive uh, in the wilderness way better than the rest of us. We're going to find out whether or not that's true. Um, Spoiler alert. Billy and Big T might actually try to kill each other. Um, the interview is going to be with Donnie Dust and Ray Livingston. They're on Mud, Sweat, and Beards. It airs Monday, 1110 Central on USA Network. These guys are survival experts. Go check them out online. Um, very fascinating guys. We're going to talk to them about their show and about their different experiences in survival situations. Then we're going to get into the entire episode of macrodosing. After we talk to them, we get a baseline on survival skills. So again, Donnie Dust, Ray Livingston, and then later on coming up, we've got uh, the macrodosing episode where we really dig into the deep stuff. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Okay, we now welcome on a very, very special pair of guests. We got Donnie Dust and Ray Livingston. You can see them on Mud, Sweat, and Beards. Mondays, Mud, Sweat, and Beards, excuse me. Uh, Mondays, 1110 Central on USA Network. We're happy to have you. Mostly, um, our co-host here, Billy, is extremely excited to talk to you guys about everything. I think you're pretty much his heroes. Are you what he is? You you are what he aspires to grow up to be one day. So uh, I'm gonna let Billy take it over. But again, it's uh, it's Donnie Dust and Ray Livingston, Mud, Sweat, and Beards, Monday, eleven on USA Network. What's up, guys? Um, so I'm Billy. Uh, <laughs> You guys are one of the few rare individuals on this planet who probably have the wealth of knowledge to actually go into the wilderness and survive and be totally sustainable. Something that I think has really been lost in the majority of modern populations nowadays. And uh, honestly, I just love to pick your brain about everything. I mean, first things first, uh, one of my first questions is, so like most of us have our go-to meal. We're in an office, right? You know, we have the place that we know will deliver fast. We know we can get a quick bite to eat. You guys is, you know, being able to live off the land, be self-sustainable. What's your go-to easy meal to, you know, muster up out of whatever environment you're in that you know it would be a good bite to eat something, you know, not something big, like not go out and kill an elk or a large mammal, but something that you know can gather quickly just to get a quick snack and get it going. 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. And um, uh, first off, thanks for having us. Uh, this is pretty awesome. I appreciate it greatly. But, um, you know, one of the things that Ray and I really employed on the show, and it's something that I know we both teach in a lot of our courses, is a fish first mentality. Um, reason being is fish are pretty obtainable when you, you know, come across them typically in a stream, a pond, or a water. And it's not hard to create a, you know, uh, some sort of primitive spear or make some fishing hooks or just really take anything or anything you'd come across in the natural environment and pull some fish out of the water. You know, they're, they're pretty much self-contained. You know, you're, you're hunting an elk or a moose or anything like that. It could pick up and run for miles. Fish, they typically hang around at the edges. They like to bask in the sun. They bite on simple lures and, and different rigs. So, I think, uh, you know, a fish first is just, that's an always, that's a first. You come across water, you fish first. Awesome. Yeah. I agree with Donnie on that. Uh, that's fish first for, uh, for your animal food, for your proteins and the fats that you get out of them. Um, you know, on the way to the stream though, we keep our eyes open for whatever we can find foraging. So depending on where you're at, uh, berries uh, are a good good source of constant food that you don't have to chase. Uh, and then kind of like your 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 bushcrafting staples like plantain, nettle, um, and uh, those type of plants that that you find just about everywhere, um, and that you know that you're going to find. So you kind of keep a, a lookout for them for your for some vegetables uh, or foraging foods. Um, and then uh, if you're in a situation where you have to look deeper than that. And then there's, you know, some stuff like uh, in the swamps, Louisiana, we found ground nuts and they take a bunch of work to get and find, but they're available. And then the, in the high desert, we had the, what was that? The Sega was that, that was Sega, right? Sega Lily. Sega, Sega Lily. And that, those take a little bit more work to get to, but we try to get the stuff that's easy first. So um, between the two of you, is there any competition? Like who's the better survivalist? Or is it just you guys competing against the elements, against nature, against the forces of Earth? Or like if is there like a little bit where you want to prove that you're better than the other guy? May I, no. Donnie? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole point of this is that uh, Ray and I, we're not there really to compete against each other. I mean, we're kind of a symbiotic relationship, an ebony and ivory sort of relationship <laughs> where, you know, we're out there to have fun. And I think a lot of survival shows and just maybe even what people do in their off time with their friends, there's always competition. And I think for us, it's not even really competing against mother nature. It's more about just kind of living within her, thriving within her, kind of finding those inner pieces and you know, really reveling and marveling in those moments where, you know, it's a cool sunset or, you know, Ray catches a huge catfish mm -hmm. or just all those little things. It just builds us together. It doesn't really drive us apart. I agree 100 percent. I, I like the word alignment. Yeah. Uh, we have to align ourselves with each other. And just like we're aligning ourselves with nature, we're all different elements and we're, we're coming in and we're trying to build a synergetic relationship and a, and a, and a, uh, and a successful partnership with nature between ourselves, with our production team. And I think we really succeeded to doing so in this show. And uh, I'm excited about how it's turning out. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Donnie, I was looking through both of your guys' social, but Donnie has some extremely mesmerizing videos where he crafts primitive tools such as, you know, arrowheads, uh, stone age uh, axes. And honestly, go check them out if you have some time because yeah. you can just spend hours watching these. And uh, Donnie, I got to ask, it, when you're hitting the stone, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you take a, two very, you know, blunt objects but for some some way you make uh, such precise movements with them that actually like, you know, it's I, I can't even explain it. But when you're hitting a large, I can't uh, I don't know the exact material of rock you're using, but are there different techniques you use to carve out certain shapes and to actually sharpen the, the edges and how sharp can you get those edges comparatively? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, flint napping is just an ancient art form and, and tool making form. And I mean, it's, we've used stone longer than we've used steel. It's kind of my, my mentality and, uh, and approach, but there's a lot of technique involved. And I can tell you it's taken uh, many years to kind of, you know, understand how each stone works with every impact from, you know, a large cobblestone to a piece of chert or flint or obsidian or novaculite, all these different types of stones, they all react differently based on the impacts. And there is a, a process to removing the stone. The, you know, you start with a large piece of stone and then eventually, you know, you try to get it down to something that's relatively thin to be worked into a tool, whether it's an ax or a drill, mm -hmm. um, but there's there's a lot of kind of give and take. You know, you break open a you know 10 million year old stone and you never know what you're gonna find on the inside. I found everything from fossils to crystals to just vacant voids on the inside and it breaks in your hand. But flint napping is it's definitely an art form and it's um there's there's a very lengthy process. So a lot of people start they try to flint nap and it you think it should be easy because, oh, I'm just breaking stone, but every hit is at a specific angle in reference to how you hold the stone and what you're hitting it with, the mass of the object, whether it's a round cobblestone or an antler billet. And, I mean, they're all, I mean, every point, every blade that, you know, I have or make is just razor sharp. I mean, I think you'll probably see some butchering in Louisiana um, with some stone and just... I mean, obsidian is sharper than a razor blade when you, you know, when you break it down mm. at a microscope, it's uh, incredibly sharp. So flint napping has just been my journey and it's a, it's a great way to kind of slow down in the bush and then realize that you can make everything that you absolutely need from the natural landscape because we've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. Um, Ray, I had a question for you because I, I was reading your bio and I saw that you um, and your dog were the 2016 canine and handler of the year. And your dog is named Leroy. I, I had a dog named Leroy as well. I think that's the best name ever for a dog. It doesn't get much better than that. But I'm curious about like your experience. How how are you judged as being like canine and handler of the year? Is it like mostly based on the dog's behavior or are people actually like, grading your technique in uh, in handling your dog? Uh, well, there's a lot of fine handlers within our organization. And I think when they're doing that, they're looking at, your dedication like i think we responded to 28 calls for service that year and we had the highest number of fines so we found people whether they were 
responsive or non-responsive, but we had the most fines and responded to the most calls. So it was really kind of kind of just paying homage to your dedication and your the results that you get out, out there. So that was voted on by the board of directors for um, uh, um, our search and rescue group. Oh, that's great. So it's a search and rescue dog. So you're actually you're yep. going out um, in like different types of situations and, and trying to find people that have gotten lost somehow. So that's, that, that's very cool. Um, exactly. And uh, in terms of like you guys working together, I've always thought and I, maybe I'm just like um, uh, I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to the world of, of survival. Most of what I've learned has been through shows that I've seen on TV, like uh, Survivor Man or whether it's Bear Grylls. Um, but it's always struck me as being like a, a very like a individual type effort being out in nature and, and doing these sorts of things. How is it? Is it kind of strange to collaborate on that? Or has that always been something like, have you guys been individuals before uh, doing this sort of thing? Or was it kind of weird to come together and, and collaborate on a survival situation? For Ray. Well, I, I would say for, probably both of us we spend a lot of time alone we are distinct individuals and for most of the time we roam the world alone um however it is awesome to come together with a like-minded individual a very skilled individual uh someone that i i love and respect as a brother and to have these adventures it, it really i mean it, it lightens a load and the whole point of this show is to allow us to do more than we would be able to accomplish as an individual. You know, I can do so much and I do it my way and Donnie can do so much and he does it his way. But when we come together, it becomes a synergy that we're able to accomplish exponentially more than we would be able to accomplish as working as individuals. And that's really the point of the show and have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Cool. You got any questions? Oh, let, me, let me chime in real quick. Uh, are there any instances where y'all have a a certain way of doing something and it's conflicting with each other? You know what I'm saying? You're like, well, I think it's better if we do it this or I think, you know what I'm saying? Was there, was there any kind of instance in one of, the, in one of those aspects? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think on the show, we didn't really come across a lot of that. I mean, we were always throwing out different ideas, but I think as grown men, and, uh, you know, we kind of live by the idea of lead by example. So instead of arguing about a point or something that's really not going to progress us where we need to go, we just, you know, express each other's ideas and be like, yeah, let's let's go with yours or let's go with mine. And we try it. If you try it, and you you know, you don't need to reach a certain level of success. Well, then you you deviate. And I don't I think it, Ray and I we're very adaptable. and We can change our minds based off Ray's input or my input. And it's not something where it's we have to do it my way or we have to do it his way. It's we, we like the sharing of ideas and how we can go about approaching, you know, different, uh, you know, problem solving requirements. That's beautiful. Cause I think, I think my, um, the appeal to American TV is like drama, right? <laughs> so, so like when I watch, when I watch like naked and afraid, cause that, that, that used to be my shit. I, I love that show. Uh, I think, I think, the more intriguing episodes are when people are at odds with each other, but it's dope that you guys are like, not like that. <laughs> and you guys I promise mean, that you're wearing your clothes the entire time too, right? Well, no. so <laughs> <laughs> they tried. Yeah, yeah. There's a few blurry shots, but you know, I, Ray and I, we get along and I think, there's so much survival TV out there that is drama based. And it's kind of like, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, how many times have you gone camping 
or hunting or just hiking with a friend and you just genuinely have a good time. Why can't we show more of that? Still, you know, discuss the issues, the food, the hunger, the weather, but let's present like a whole new level of authenticity to the outdoors and get people, you know, inspired and be like, you know what? I can go do that. And when it comes down to it, I trust, I trust Donnie implicitly and whatever he's doing. So we will discuss the things that we're working on together and we need to work in and collaboration. But if it comes down to, Hey, we need a fire built. I don't question how he's going to do it. Like he can rub sticks together. He can call lightning from the heavens, (laughs) whatever he does, there's going to be a fire. And when he sends me off, like, Hey, I'm going to go take care of this. I'm going to find a way to do it. And quite often we don't even know exactly how we're going to accomplish that task. We just, Hey, let's go and do it. There's 50 ways to skin this cat. Let's figure out how to do it. And we get it done and, and we, and our efforts uh, support each other. Cool. You got anything for these guys? Well, I mean, if you can call lightning, I definitely wouldn't rub sticks together. That feels like a waste of time. (laughs) Um, I mean, we're we're talking about all these other survival shows and the one that comes to mind is literally survivor. How, do you, have you ever watched that show and are you just like, oh, I would win this so easily? Like, do you have any any aspirations to just go out there and dominate? <laughs> yeah, you know, I when I was younger, when it was first around, I watched a couple episodes and, you know, I was a fan, but it, I think I'd be probably kicked off pretty quick. Um, Why? Seems, well, I just feel like whoever provides, they don't want that person there. They just want to like, get them to a certain point and then they're going to, you know, cut them out. They want all the, the backstabbing, the drama, you know what I mean? They, they like the drama sort of stuff. What I envision in my mind is I would slowly start my own camp and then start taking captives and then <laughs> the other camp. Like, I don't want to go down a, a rabbit hole of what I would actually do, but it'd be, it'd be a so whole new you're, you're anti backstabbing, but pro <laughs> taking prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're open about it if you're like hey this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna dominate so hard that i'm gonna make my own show that you guys will all be contestants on takes <laughs> the camera guys first <laughs> yeah. turn into most dangerous game no you actually turn it into like a real like everyone is now trying to survive with you on the island that's awesome <laughs> that's kind of what i envisioned in my head uh, uh, I, i'm in your camera bro yeah raise there. I, I've got a scenario for you guys. I've always wondered about this. If if um if I'm just stuck on a raft in the middle of the ocean, let's say that there's a plane crash and I'm the only one that gets on a life raft and just me floating out, let's call it the uh, uh, South Pacific. So you got some sun for the most part, um, that, that type of climate. What do I do? How do I survive in that situation? How long do you think that you could pull off uh, surviving just you and a life raft. Just that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, the the biggest concern is is getting water, and while you're surrounded by water, the salt water is going to dehydrate you. So you go. You may have to sacrifice some of your clothing, some of your some of that life raft to find a way to collect the dew, um, and then try to find a way to get some food. But uh, the water, the solving the water issue is going to be paramount. And, if you've just got that life raft and nothing else and you can't figure out something to find a way to collect the dew or, or collect water or somewhere, some that, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy <laughs> the ride. You <laughs> out. <laughs> I think in that scenario, I mean, fortunately, if it's the, you know, the, the Pacific, the South Pacific, 
hopefully currents will be able to bring you. It's the right time of year. You'll get some decent rainstorms, which would be a source of water. Um, like sushi, but you got to get creative with building fishing rigs. But exposure to the sun and hydration will, will will take you. I mean, there's a lot of stories of people that have lived on life rafts for 40 some days, and eventually they come across. But um, there's a lot of adaptation and just taking whatever opportunity comes your way is is something to uh, you know potentially keep you going another day. Is it true that drinking salt water, drinking ocean water, will drive you crazy? Yeah, I mean, that's it's there, there's a point of where your body can't consume that much salt. So you basically start to shut down and it's going to impact your your brain function. And that's where you start to kind of hallucinate, go crazy. Maybe if you're with somebody else, they start to appear like a chicken leg or a cold beer or something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, there is no bueno. Yeah. Now, I got I got a couple specific questions for both of you. And I'm going to start with Ray. Ray, what are why do you uh so i went through both your guys socials what do you find uh uh better about mangalika pigs other than other pork breeds i'm no, i was because I, I that's one of those deep dives i would have taken but i didn't have just enough time what do you find special about that breed first of all i live about 20 miles from the canadian border up in northeastern washington so we get we get some cold and Mangalitsas are a lard breed and the only hairy pig, so they're better adapted for handling the cold. Uh, they got a great temperament, um, but the big thing, well, they're cute as heck, but the big thing is they're also considered the Kobe beef or the Wagyu of pork. Oh. Have a lot of intermuscular fat, and if I'm going to grow food, like if I'm going to go get a steak, I don't eat a whole lot of red meat. But if I'm going to get a steak, I'm going to get a filet mignon. If I'm going to grow, if I'm going to grow pigs and have great food, I want the best. And so, as far as their the quality of their meat and their fat is concerned, their their lard is pure, uh, just literally pure. Some of the best lard you can get. So for for the meat, for the lard usage, and uh, and they convert they convert food into weight very well. Hmm. So they can forage and and uh, root, and uh, that will reduce your food costs. It's just a great, efficient uh, mm. pig to raise, but also they taste awesome. <laughs> so they have that marbling in the in yeah. the meat. Nice. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the pictures of the Mangalika right now. They're they're very cute. They're very yeah. cute pigs. They got the the curly like furry hair. They really do. Like a woolly mm-hmm. pig. Yeah, like a woolly pig. Exactly. Billy's very <laughs> into like specific types of, of breeds of animal usually he just billy's preference is whatever the largest specific mm-hmm. breed would be what's the biggest breed of pig it's gotta be one of those. i don't even know it's probably some hybrid cross commercial pig that we probably don't want to know what the, the genetics went into making it uh, yeah <laughs> are do you have any other livestock uh on your property oh just the pigs nice. uh a dog a couple of cats awesome now, um, Donnie, I know that you've done a lot of work uh, being a consultant uh, and advisor on Hollywood sets with um, different types of um, uh, movies. And my question is, is what is the biggest misconception that uh, you try to correct when dealing with writers, directors, when you're advising these different movies? Yeah, I think when it comes down to like the survival specifics, um, I think it really comes down to time. They, they replicate a lot of things that make it 
seeing that you can achieve a task, build a shelter, make a fire, find food very, very, very quickly. And that's definitely not the case. I mean, there's days where I turn my hands bloody trying to spin a hand drill. Um, there's days where Ray and I have, you know, looked for food continuously, have not found those right options. But it seems like in a lot of like Hollywood um, productions, they presented with an obstacle and within like three minutes, that obstacle is kind of solved. And I get it. It's, it's, you know, a movie and whatnot, but, um, you know, I always get a kick when I watch a movie and someone is absolutely freezing cold and suddenly they're able to crank out like a bow drill fire and they've never done it before. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, there's a fire rock and roll. And I can tell you, I've talked to many students and people that have done a lot of outdoor times. And it, it can take some time to create a friction fire in some of the worst kind of conditions possible. So just kind of realistic time management is my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Big T, you have any questions? Yeah. So I watched the first episode of the show where y'all were in Alaska, I believe. And uh, it was really good. Really enjoyed it. And it said throughout the show, y'all will go to the Alaskan wilderness, Louisiana, swampland, New Mexico, desert, and Icelandic shores. So I was just curious of all those, what is the the biggest challenge you found maybe in each of them or just overall? And then would you, which one of those would you say is the most difficult environment to survive in? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me personally, I found Iceland to be kind of the most captivating because um, it's kind of like a mysterious place in, in some people's eyes. And we're way up in the northern fjords, but uh, Iceland doesn't have a lot of anything. I mean, food pretty much all comes from the water. There's not a lot of resources, so you have to be very creative and, you know, and adaptive into that overall environment. You're battling the, you know, northern oceans that are freezing cold the weather the the hours of daylight but um i think iceland was probably one that i was excited to go to because it's you know a whole new environment i'd never been there before so everything was just kind of fresh in the eyes and uh yeah i think uh we we, we had some 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 troubles there in certain ways but we had some pretty big successes that i don't think anyone's ever going to believe when they actually watch it on tv so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you know, all the locations have their pros and cons, and uh, you know, with like in Louisiana, you're dealing with the mosquitoes and the heat, and trying to not get the swamp itch, which mm. <laughs> you know, but you also have you know a lot of dangerous animals around, but you also have an abundance of food everywhere. So there's a balance there in Alaska. You know, it's it's cold. You're dealing with 24 hours of sun, but there's also a whole lot of potential abundance in the in the food and, and the forage and the and and the fauna out there. And uh, New Mexico, for me, as I'm not Donnie Dust, king of the desert, New Mexico was the more the more challenging one for me because it was, it was probably the the it was more foreign to me. I mean, even Iceland is resembles areas of the Oregon coast and Washington coast where I've spent a lot of time. But uh, in New Mexico, you know, everything's far and wide. It's a desert. So, you know, while we have a pretty good area to roam, we need more. We, we need to, like, quadruple the space in order to really, really feed ourselves um, outside of a, a hunting season and to gather the stuff we need and to trap. And so it took a lot of energy and the heat took a lot of it, took, took a lot out of us. We like that was probably the toughest, toughest location for me. <laughs> Awesome. Now, yeah. touching back on Iceland, uh, 
we, I remember Donnie said that Iceland was very breathtaking and awe-inspiring. And, and we've talked about this on the show before, how many people in Iceland still believe that there are, you know, magical beings that live out in the, their land, be it fairies, be it, uh, you know, gnomes or trolls. And as guys who've spent a lot of time in the woods, have you ever, what is the strangest thing you've seen out there that you could, that people that you saw and were like, no one's ever going to believe I've seen this, be it, you know, something with animals, be it something you can't explain. I mean, recently there was a, something seen over the sky in Alaska and people think it was, you know, extraterrestrial. Is there anything that you guys have seen out there that you'd think that, man, no one would ever believe me if saying that coming back? Go for it, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, more than even being a survivalist, I consider myself a spiritual adventurer. And in, in my world, anything is as plausible and as possible as the next. And so I walk through the woods and wonder, I can't say it's stuff that you've actually seen. It's more experiences for me. And so I feel, I, I know I've got a strong connection with the natural world and, and it's been more, I'm looking for something. And this can kind of happen in, in real time on camera a couple of times. I'm looking for something, I can't find it. And then I remember I need to pay homage to the land, appreciate the place I'm in, appreciate the beauty and, and ask permission from the land. And then then several times in my life and several times throughout the production, what we were looking for and couldn't find suddenly appears before us. And so it's those types of experiences about the land providing for us when you, when you align yourself with it, um, that, that, uh, people don't believe that I have to the, to the degree that I have, but it was awesome to be able to capture some of that real time on camera. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never seen or Bigfoot or any of that stuff. I spent most days, you know, in the woods more than most. And uh, I just have never seen anything. Yeah, you hear, you know, a weird sound or something like that, but nothing that would uh, stand out as it's a Yeti, a Sasquatch, a fairy, a gnome, anything like that. <laughs> um, could they exist? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's not my, you know, I'm not really focus i'm like all right i need to eat something and if it is a fair i will eat it um <laughs> no i just got that d <laughs> awesome. so yeah. I, I got i got a question man this is more like a uh i don't know philosophical question because y'all spend so much time in the in the, you know in nature in in where we evolve from what do you feel like the modern society, our technologically advanced society that we spend all day on our phones is like, what do you feel like the thing from nature that you guys get that we're missing? Cause I'm, I'm a city kid. I'm not finna go and know nothing, but like, what do you feel like we're missing as a society as a whole from what you guys get from the experience out there? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think people, they forget where they come from and kind of their natural connection to the landscape, whether it's, you know, taking your, your shoes off and walking barefoot or eating something maybe they foraged or hunted. But I believe there's a, a loss of that kind of natural connection. I always call it your primal well-being. So I believe in like a mental, physical, emotional, and primal well-being. That's like the four tattoos on my, uh, on my finger. And that primal well-being is something that I believe alleviate stress makes people healthier it gives them a sense 
of wonder and curiosity because all things in this world can be led by curiosity. And I think when we remove the natural world from it and there's so many easy answers on social media and all sorts of news outlets, the easy answers, we lose that curiosity and the natural world holds that curiosity. What's over the next mountain? What's around the next bend? And when we kind of embrace that natural curiosity, um, we, we, we just feel better. We, we, we kind of embrace that ancestral kind of DNA about exploring the world and, and adventuring and searching for kind of new places. And I think if people did more of that, a lot of the stresses that they have in the life or the things that they believe to be of value or, or of importance in their normal lives would just quickly kind of fade away. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a connection, a rewilding. I understand yeah, I that perspective. That makes sense to me because it's like if you're out in nature, all the stuff that we have that builds up in our heads as uh, as stressors, as things that might make us feel uncomfortable or give us anxiety. When you're out in nature in more of a uh, like a bare bones situation, you realize what's actually important for your day to day well-being. Right. And you don't have all that other junk cluttering it up a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I say I, I, I really support Donnie on that connection, too. And, and in that connection, we find our place in the in the world and universe. You know, when you look for the answers in the world of society and mankind and social media, what you find are things with bias. Most of these people want you to buy something, sell, sell you something, influence you to think a certain way or to align with some something else. When you're out in nature, you watch and see the interconnectedness. You see the way that the bees interact with the flowers and the trees have symbiotic relationships with with different other other plants and animals. And you see how connected we all are in this and without without bias. And you kind of understand how life really should be, how how we should coexist with each other, how, how we should help each other without bias or without necessarily expecting something from other people. But in doing so, that's going to feed us and feed our souls and, and provide for us in a, in a cyclical manner. You know, you see that we're connected. Mm -hmm. I've, got, uh, I've got one last question, then we'll let you guys go. But again, you can check it out. Mud, Sweat, and Beards, Mondays at 1110 Central on USA Network. I want to thank uh, Donnie Dust and Ray Livingston for joining us today. My last question for you guys is what is the scariest situation you've ever found yourself in and how did you overcome that? Go for it, Ray. For me, uh, that was a couple times with wild animals. Uh, I found myself up front and, up front and center with both uh, a sow bear with a couple of cubs and a, uh, a lioness cougar with a couple of cubs. And I was initially scared, but I just kind of sat down and watched. I mean, they weren't they weren't acting threatening towards me, so I sat down and watched. And they they we just had a good old time. They let they their cubs the cubs played together and climbed trees. And but initially, it was like because those are typically those worst case scenarios: getting with a mother and her children. And uh, you know, I, I felt blessed to just be able to sit and watch and enjoy them doing what they do on a daily basis. Was it a black bear or brown bear? Black bear. Uh, yep. I think for me, you know, I've, I've had plenty of run-ins with animals and I've served overseas, but I think for me personally, like the scariest moment was 
when my sons were born and like, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what is this? So it's pretty awesome. I created it. I had a good time doing it, but now <laughs> this whole world has just kind of changed in a different way. And I think from that point, the, the scary moment, which is also the most joyous moment was like, all right, now I need to, you know, teach two young men how to think, not necessarily what to think and to, you know, allow them to grow and to be who they are just the way you know that i am not to be me but to be their own people and just to embrace so scary but also very 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 joyous yeah that's like the most primitive feeling that you can have is be like i i made this life now what do i do with it oh shit (laughs) all right well thank you guys donnie dust ray livingston appreciate you guys joining us check them out mud sweat and beards monday 11 10 central billy's gonna be watching every episode tell you that much you can find it on usa network thank you guys for joining us Appreciate y'all. Thanks, guys. Thanks, gents. Thank you. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost, my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more questions that, that I would like to ask them if given the time. Like, one, do you, are you, does anybody bring, like, the internet with them out into a survival situation? I feel like that would be, <laughs> that would be my secret tool would be I just Google shit as I was out in nature. No. Dude, <laughs> and then I'm also curious if they bring, like, salt and pepper or any sort of seasoning. Because all the stuff that they have to eat looks pretty gross. But if you put like ketchup on it, I'm sure it'd be better. Like it just something to give it a little bit of flavor. They they bring salt and pepper. I was gonna say, they don't do? isn't salt like um a preservative? Yeah, yeah, you can cure it. Yeah. Now I looked up pictures of that pork um that Billy was talking about. Dude, I, I wish I could talk to them for like the whole episode. It looks awesome. Dude, so Wagyu pork. Yeah. So is Don is it what's the, what's that pig called again? Mangalika, manga. I'll send you guys a link. No, so um, uh, Donnie. So Ray is a killer marksman. He can like like sniper type, but like more for hunting. And then Donnie can throw spears, and literally he could hunt deer with spears. And he cr- makes the spears himself. And the create. I wanted to ask him like how like. Because he also has a set of arrows and he has a bow that he made and he'll like spear deer and stuff and use like ancient, like not like bow hunting with a bow and arrow he made. And he says that his spears, like sometimes he has to replace the wood, but the arrow heads like last forever. He's like, yeah, no, I'm like, uh, that was a clip, but it's, it's super interesting stuff. That's going to fuck with like future archaeologists that look up in the past. Like what was life like and. The year 2022 in like Beaverton, Oregon, and they find like all these stone spears and shit. And they're like, uh, it was still early man creating tools. Yeah, hunter gatherers. Yeah, out of flint, out of flint and obsidian. And it's like, no, that guy. Cast of society. That guy was just like, he, he has a TV show and he was doing an interview on a podcast. No, um, but I mean, obviously, these guys, are like, I, I saw some of the stone axes and tools he was making. The guy's legit. Like, dude. They're art. They're like artists. The way He's danger. Like 
that man, those two are going to survive no matter what happens in the next decade, nuclear war, whatever. Those two are set. They're way better off than any of us right now. I don't know. I think Bro, I'm what right. is you talking Billy's hilarious. Bro. What are you talking about? Like, dude, dude, the supply the chain coming, breaks he's down. just like bowing out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, the they can survive a nuclear war? What the fuck no. is you Oh, you're, about? you're telling me when shit breaks down, we're in these urban areas, there's going to be Yo, looting, You just rioting. said they can survive a nuclear war. Yeah, what the fuck? Because they're- how can, how can a survival anything make you survive radiation, bro? Well, it's what not radiation. They're about? far from population centers that would be nuked. Their nuclear exposure would probably be lower than anybody uh, else, and they'll Oregon. still be able to survive. Bro, I'm in Oregon right now. If Oregon gets <laughs> new. Th- this nigga's dying too, bro. No, but he's he's <laughs> Aaron. You don't he's even out there. You don't even know he's he's like really good at throwing spears, <laughs> dude. But say I'm just saying, clean out of the sky with a spear. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Let's say I mean, let's say supply chain breaks down. There's a food shortage. <laughs> They're set. He's got his Mangalika pigs. He'll be eating bacon. Well, we're fighting for bacon at the supermarket and dying for it. And okay. he'll just be chilling with his Bro, breeding think, litter of I pigs. Think Billy, I think Billy is like in theory right that if uh, if they're out in the wilderness when a nuclear war starts, they're probably more likely to know how to survive because they are survivalists. But I mean, if you live in, in Oregon and let's just say that Seattle gets hit with a nuke or probably even San Francisco there's going to be radiation shit that that hits them. Right, but you guys know that there's been over like 2000 nuclear bombs detonated on this earth. Yeah, since yeah. the invention. So like nuclear bombs going off like th- it doesn't mean radiation goes everywhere. Right? It just it's You're sort acting of like all 2000 have been like downtown Tokyo and shit like that hasn't been the case. Most of them are in like a remote Island right. in the South Pacific where everybody on the surrounding islands gets cancer and dies. That is not proven. <laughs> what the bikini at the Dude, there's, there's three people who stood under a nuclear bomb that detonated above them and they've I think they all lived into their eighties. They actually got superpowers. Now, all right, yeah. here's where we're gonna have to fact check Billy. Okay, let's time. look this up. Wait, what, what do you mean stood <laughs> under? Like, wait, what do you mean wait, stood wait, let me under? See this. Wait, Aaron, what he means is a, a nuclear bomb got dropped on two people's heads. <laughs> and then they lived longer than than pretty much anybody. The men, Colonel Sidney Bruce, uh, Lieutenant C- Colonel Frank P. Ball, Major Norman Bodie Bodinger, Major John Hughes, and Don Luttrell stood their ground as a nuclear explosion went off 3.5 miles above their heads. The day five, the day five men willingly stood under a nuclear explosion. Popular mechanics. Like... I'm not saying nuclear bombs are not dangerous. They are 100% dangerous. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Um, you're talking about like it's a loaded gun in somebody's house, like a loaded 9mm. <laughs> it's a fucking nuclear warhead that's been designed to I'm end the saying, entire planet. I'm just saying like if like Portland or Seattle gets nuked and this dude who's living 10 miles from the Canadian border, I don't think like I there's a blast radius. It's probably, you know, I sure that I'm, 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 maybe I don't know the. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know the radius of of the of the radiation. What I'm saying, I thought like, you, I thought you were saying like you said they could survive a nuclear war. Like I'm thinking like nukes is raining down and, and these dudes is making arrowheads to survive. Like, come on, fam. I know, like he can't actually survive a bomb blast. I don't think anybody can except cockroaches. But that's facts. Just uh, no, they're pretty cool dudes. I was down a couple. I, I like they. I like they perspective. I like the perspective. Yeah. Because I often think about that. I often think about 
how complacent we are as a society. Mm-hmm. And I think it's due to us not being able to see the stars. Like if, if, if there was no light pollution and you can see how big the Milky, Milky Way galaxy is and how gorgeous it actually is, I think there'd be so much more humility. Like yeah. it's just an awe inspiring sight. And like people back in the day with no electricity and light pollution, they could see that shit on a daily basis. You walk outside at night and you can see the Milky Way, but like we can't see that shit now. That shit is, yeah. I think that would change the way we think as a society. Renaissance. That's, they're just staring at the sky, making inventions. Mm-hmm. I think that um, my money would probably be on Warren Buffett to be the guy that survived the longest <laughs> after a nuclear war because he's out in the middle of nowhere. He's in what? Omaha? Nebraska? Yeah. yeah, he's in Omaha. And he's also like one of the richest people in the world. He so. definitely has. I mean, if you have that much money, you're definitely dropping a couple million on making a survival bunker stocked up with all the stuff. Yeah. Like it's actually the, the survivalist stuff's actually pretty uh, uh, affordable. If you look at the like. I know I got my soup. <laughs> yeah. Like how much did you, how much soup did you pay for? I think it was like 250 bucks worth of soup for it's like 400 did, servings. Did it? Did it came in? It came in. Yeah, it came in. This this time it came in. So I've been eating you, some of the broccoli. The broccoli rice soup is pretty good. It's good. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. I don't know why you're eating it right now. You're gonna need it later. <laughs> I have to test it. I have to know how to make it. Stupid, <laughs> Billy. You really think something's going on? Huh? Like something about to happen? Oh, I don't know. I just was born in 1999. Two years after I was born, there was a terror attack that took down two towers, and now I lived through a pandemic. Oh, Billy's reading. Everything was fine. He saw this on a meme and he's just reading it off now. (laughs) No, but like, think about it. My worldview is so much like skewed because of like, think about it. Okay. I was born in 1985. (laughs) I had all that shit happen to me too. I mean, we like literally, yeah, the end of the Cold War. Now we're at the beginning of the third Cold War. I mean, the second Cold War. I mean, we're literally. Wait, are we in a Cold War right now? Well, we're, there's a, there's war in Europe. My grandma went like, this is actually really tough on my grandma. I was talking to my grandma about this the other day. She was like, when she was a little girl, there was war in Europe. And she watched the whole century, like America progress, all this stuff happen, like progress. And now it's 2021. There's war in Europe again. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw this out here, Billy. Um, I think most people, when they're alive, crazy shit happens on the earth. I think you're kind of, you're stuck in that. Like you're just like everybody else. I know it's weird to hear. No, no. But no, everybody but... else has had weird shit happen. Like think about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump had way more weird shit happen to him than you did. Honestly, I I would put my like at twenty three years old, I've I've been through some weird shit. Have you? Like some Forrest Gump type shit. In what way? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's let's hear it. I wanna hear this. Okay, he was two when nine eleven happened. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm trying to find it right now. It's literally like a tweet. No, I just a tweet that yeah, said like, is. "Why am I depressed?" Oh, I don't know. When I was I mean, in kindergarten, warming? I saw the twin towers. Well, I never said I never said I was depressed. Then we went to war. I'm just that, saying, why do you guys think that you guys are like what? Like, do you think something what actually weird is, is going to happen? Shit, what is the weird shit that you have been through, Rob? I'm Billy stood still... right under Tower Seven as it was crumbling. <laughs> That's not what I'm Survived. saying. You know what? Whatever, Billy. I, I'm just saying that we lived through like all the same stuff that you did. Like I, I could <laughs> like I literally could, we were on the earth too. Right before, right before I turned 18, 9 11 happened. And there was a bunch of like, that, war, there were two wars that happened right after that. I'm just and saying. then I went to college and then the stock market collapsed. Like it had never collapsed before. And the job market was at its worst point ever. Right. But that was, and when then was that's eight. when I entered the job <laughs> field. I know, but I'm saying like, like, I could, I could make every event that's happened 
relevant to my life too. Yeah, but he was it's not. Eight, it's no, not but you guys. But you. the question was, I'm not saying it's related to me. It's like, why do I think that like some scenario might happen where we might have like witness a collapse of traditional civilization and have to sort of do sustenance stuff because a lot of weird stuff has happened. I don't think, but that's the question. Well, not that I think I'm special. Billy, anyway. you ever heard of world no, war two? It is. Now? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. This happens to every generation, every generation since the Bible was written, believed that they were going to be the generation that saw the downfall of society and the end of the world. That's all you're talking about. That's like Billy needs to rewrite. We didn't start but like the fire global, but like <laughs> global warming. Right, yeah, they move the goalposts as to what's going to end the world, but every generation believes they are going to be the ones that see it. Mm -hmm. Billy, what was going through your head on December twenty first, two thousand twelve? I was with my buddies because I thought the world was going to end. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was too. I was too. But I, by the way, when I said that one was one that was like so widely passed around that I was like, you know what, this one might, this actually might be those, the one. Those Some minds, safe than sorry. those minds, they are pretty advanced civilization. Yeah, you see Apocalypto. Well, yeah, not really. What do they, you? Uh, there's a theory that it the world did end in 2012, yeah. and we're living in like a post vacuum, um, not simulation, yeah. but. The world did end. We're just we don't realize it yet. We're kind of in a uh, like purgatory like state. So I saw another thing that you know how the Ethiopian calendar is ten years before us. Yes, and it, Ethiopia operates on a different calendar, something to do with the, the Gregorian and Augustan calendar, and the Pope switched everyone in Europe. But Ethiopia is on a different calendar that's ten years before. So. There was like 2022 was really 2012. Okay, so this this December is when it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm um, speaking to people that didn't survive. Uh, Aaron, thoughts and prayers to your guy Frank Vogel. Already oh. offy. He's getting yeah. Well, today <laughs> he's going to find out today. He's going to find out today, and so he did a bad job of. Um, signing Russ Westbrook this offseason. So he's the guy that's getting fired for it. LeBron is throwing him under the nearest bus and it's going to back over him too. So, um, somehow explain me this like LeBron threw the coach under the bus. Yeah. I mean, as that's, he has with every coach he's ever had in his career. First yes. time. Pretty much exactly what's happening. They had a bad team. And so they're blaming the coach for it. How quickly we forget NBA champion Frank Vogel. Well, this is an interesting point, PFT, because you would think someone who won a uh, title two years ago would. Uh, Bruh, would you stop with the bullshit? I'm in the middle of uh, talking, Arian. But mind. I can't I can't let you spout bullshit. Well, no, listen, people. if if a coach truly won a championship one season ago, they wouldn't fire him via Twitter and not to his face. They would show him a little bit more respect than that. But that's not what happened. It's almost as if. The Lakers themselves don't really view that as a real championship. Coley, I don't tolerate misinformation on this podcast, and I think you really got to stop spreading the, the misinformation. And opinions, misinformation now? I think I think you're misinformed. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was being facetious. He wasn't. His opinion is misinformation. How do you figure? Because you're lying. You're, what am I lying about? You're bending the truth to, to, to try and fit your narrative. 
So it is the truth. It's just bent a little, you're saying. You're bending the truth to fit your narrative. Well, so Aaron, the, the, the truth Lakers, is they the won the championship. The, eh. the truth you're bending is it didn't count. So Aaron, That's no, not, no. you're saying that you would they, keep him, that you would keep Frank Vogel after they he's missed certainly the not the problem. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. He wasn't I the think, problem. I think... I think I think that the team never gelled well. I think them getting rid of Caruso was the biggest mistake. <clears throat> Any championship team has to have somebody come off the bench that sparks the squad. They didn't have that. They didn't have nowhere close to that, actually. And Russ is not a facilitator. And so when you have perimeter players, um, you need a facilitator. And Russ ain't that. And so there's, there's a lot. I mean, you know, Melo was supposed to fill the role of that. I think he played pretty well. <clears throat> I think Melo played okay though. I I I I don't think he's like he's not gonna give you you know the the the, the effort on the defensive end like we all want to see. No one on that team did. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of issues, but I, I don't think the coach was 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 one of them. No, it was a tough look. Just <clears throat> they fired him through Woj, like the Lakers. Did they really? Yeah, they, they found they out when he walked Vogel, into his press conference. In the press conference, like, hey, when did you find out you were fired? And he was like, you just now saying that is how I'm finding. Like, what are you talking Damn. about? Damn. No, no, like, that's something a, a poverty organization who takes loans during a pandemic would do. You know, the the best story about a coach getting fired was uh, Freddie Gonzalez when he got fired as the Braves manager. They didn't tell him before they switched his flight. Like, he got an email from Delta <laughs> – that said he was flying home from Pittsburgh to Atlanta. And he was like, we're not going back to Atlanta. We're going to like San Diego or wherever they were going. And he was like, oh, I just got fired. That's pretty bad. Lane Kiffin went through a a couple different interesting firings. One was when they didn't let him back on the plane. That was at USC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fired on the tarmac. Fired on the tarmac is one. And then the, uh, the Al Davis PowerPoint presentation. I shouldn't even say PowerPoint presentation in Oakland. It was more of just like an overhead projector where Al Davis just like put up fact sheets about things that Lane Kiffin had done that that pissed him off and just like circled him. And it's like, okay, next stat, next stat. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. Um, Yeah, he's been fired. And also, I think the there was another time that he got fired that was. Oh, it was. Well, he didn't get fired from Tennessee, but he left and called a press conference at two in the morning and was like, "Hey." Uh, there was that, but I'm there, head out. there was also when he left Alabama <laughs> when he was going to go take another job at was it uh, UA? What was it come to the? Oh, FAU. When he right, was yeah, going right, to go right. to FAU, and Alabama was about to play in the national championship game in like a week, week and a half, and then Nick Saban was just like, "Well, no, Lane Kiffin's not going to be coaching us in that game." And they lost that game, right? They lost to Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Some weird stuff was going on then. Didn't they make, was it Sark that was the interim? And then he became the full-time OC. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love a good, like, scandalous coach firing. It's one of my favorite things. Now, see, the way to do it is you take your coach who's underachieved and then you just make him GM for some reason. And then you hire a coach. That's that's what winning organizations do. Mm-hmm. Did you see what Lane Kiffin was doing this weekend? I did. He posted a uh, an interesting photograph on Twitter. You want to describe it? He was. Uh, it appeared that he was uh, just uh, throwing a little get together for the neighborhood. Yeah, I think he was. It looked like he may have been volunteering at a PTA event. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. 
So it, it's him. It's a prom picture. And it's like every girl that goes to this high school in her prom dress and then Lane Kiffin behind him. And he's the only uh, he's the only guy in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> pretty weird. Why? Why? Because Mississippi is a weird state. (laughs) (laughs) The caption, the caption says, "Have an amazing prom neighborhood at Oxford High School." Hashtag come to the sip. Because every every parent of a daughter, every father of a daughter in Mississippi is like terrified that somebody would touch their daughter in any way, unless that person happens to be the coach of the football team. In which case, it's like, hey, fair play. And it's an honor. honor. It's an honor. <laughs> that's, hey, that's the old ball coach. You think that's a recruiting? <laughs> you think that was a recruiting tactic? <laughs> hey, son, look, the girls in Mississippi. Okay, I will say I didn't see the follow-up. He did also post a picture with all the dudes. Oh, that's nice. But oh, okay, he also okay. made sure to get the one where it was. How, okay, now one where it's just me and the girls. <laughs> Correct. Now a silly one. <laughs> yeah, do a silly one. Everyone, everyone make a funny face. He does one where he he just he takes like a series of twenty different pictures where he's just going down the line and standing behind one of the girls with his hands on her hip. Do okay. you want to know what he did? That's actually incredible. This had he he's very online, like he knows what he's doing yes. on Twitter. So the first one, as I said, says have an amazing prom neighborhood at Oxford High School. That shows oh, man, up. say he he's very online. He, he is. That shows up to everyone, right? The picture with the dude starts with at Oxford High School, so it shows up as a reply. So the only people who see that are people if you go to his page or follow Oxford High School. So yeah. that one didn't go on people's timelines. Smart man. Did he put a? Did he put a dot? Nope. No, no. dot. Oh. No dot. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, I wanted to get Big T's feedback on a very important thing that's happened over the last week in the online community. Uh, Elon Musk bought what ten percent of Twitter. And then he said he was going to join the board. Yeah, but now he's not. And now right? he's not. So he can join buy. So he can buy more shares. Is that? Do you think that's why, or is that just like yeah, you saw if a you reply? Jo- that if said you join that. the board, you get a limit to how many shares you can buy. So he's. Do you think he's going to buy the entire thing? Well, he might buy fifty-one percent. It would be very funny if, like, I think Elon is such a troll that he would buy all of Twitter and just shut it down, just to just so that like he could take away something that some people find joy in. Because people are mean to him online. So he's like, you know what? I have the power to buy the entire thing. I might just shut it we down. Should, we should do a whole episode on him. Yeah, there's... there's Because he has an interesting... There's so many layers to that entire story and Tesla and everything. There's a lot mm-hmm. of layers to that. That'd be a dope episode. He's a he's a fascinating guy. Let's see. Let's tweet at him. See if we can get him on. Yeah, Elon. Yo, Elon. We know you're online. Elon, come through. We know that you're seeing this right now. Here's the thing. is like Elon Musk. He's really online. Make a clip of this bad dog because Elon is definitely seeing this because someone's going to tweet it at him. And Elon, you can <laughs> pretend that you're not watching it and not respond, but we both know. We know that you're watching this right now. Come on, macrodosing. Yeah. We can, we, you can say whatever you want about anybody. Total free speech. Macrodosians, please start hitting him up. Tag him in this, please. Yeah, I, I want to pick his brain. I want to find out what what makes old Elon tick. This is a safe space, Elon. We're not here. To- no, it's not, Billy. It's not. It's, it's not, not a safe space. Certainly isn't. He doesn't no. want a safe space. He wants total freedom. You can say whatever you want on this show. How do we lure him? And we need some some bait. Put a bunch of snacks on the ground and a trail that leads to the studio. Yeah, something. <laughs> some bunch of emeralds. Little 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 <laughs> Doge coins. Yeah. <laughs> We'll buy whatever fucked up crypto you wanna you wanna try to sell. You can us on pump whatever 
crypto. Yeah, yeah pump. Th- yeah, this is a, a a free pump zone. Yeah, you can pump. You can pump and dump in the studio. Promote whatever bullshit it is, or if it's something that's that you think is legit, I personally don't care. You can make Definitely up. Definitely gonna get him on now. You can make up a free product, <laughs> like a, a new product that doesn't even exist, and promote that product on this show. Guys, what is that's, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> I will buy a Tesla. I think if Elon be, comes on this show. How about that? Aaron has a Tesla. I have a Tesla. And my fucking uh rearview mirror, the paint thing is peeling off. So fix that shit, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only want Elon on the show to ask him one question. Why the fuck are the handles so hard to use on a Tesla? How come I can never figure out how to get in and out of the vehicle? That's it's an IQ test. Yeah, he said that it is. Yeah, you just got punked. I did get punked. I mean, it works, but like, I guess it's an IQ test. But the first time that you get into a Tesla, it's not intuitive. You have to like hover your hand over it and press on this one part. How how really? was I supposed to know that? Uh, I, also, I would be a great test driver for the Cybertruck. I think I would be great. That's not coming out, is it? It's coming out sometime, but I think. I, I don't. It, I don't think it is, man. All of his plans are. What f- eventually? One of the funniest shit I've ever seen was when he was like, when he was testing the <laughs> the windows and how this, and they do is like, he's like, throw it. It's it's, it's, it's shatterproof. Throw it. The dude threw it. He's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he threw like a bowling ball at the. But the thing is, it didn't. It caved in, but it it gave. You are a such a simp. It is hilarious. It bent bro. and did not break. The shit broke, bro. What are you talking it about, man? Smash it. <laughs> but like, for example, if you got hit with a bowling ball in your windshield, it didn't. That shit is crazy. Dog. I feel like the things that are going to hit you are way heavier than a bowling ball. Uh, a car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think for he was instance. doing it as a joke where it was like, go no, ahead. It wasn't try, a- <laughs> try to break it and then immediately just like explodes and disintegrates well, when this- somebody throws a rock at it. Well, look, be very- if the whole car exploded, that would have been I'm, great. I'm going to, I'm going to simp a little, uh, they were hitting it with a sledgehammer before and the sledgehammer to the side of the car may have m- like messed up like the oh, actual Are you frame. serious? Man? Well, there's if you no watch the whole video, did you watch the whole video? There's no, there's no serious. He's advertising it as unbreakable windows. As he was, those were his words. I didn't say that. No, he wi- put that standard on him. Like, listen, it's shatterproof glass. It's bulletproof. But they shot it with so many bullets, it finally broke. Like, what do you want from the glass? No, no, they it's hit the so frame. They hit the frame, which caused it to get out of place. And just, There's like, no way you're, you're integrity. real. If, that, if you you're look at the, You've got to be trolling. If you look at you're the trolling. video. If you look at the There's video. There's no way. You get I don't what, believe that you're okay. serious right now. I, I do don't. think I think the bill would be a valuable piece to, to e- any of Elon Musk's companies, but specifically Tesla, just hire Billy to figure out how to break whatever it is that you're designing right now. I Billy think I would be, be your, a your huge QA asset to Tesla freaking SpaceX. Shoot me. Like, you know those? Look, look, look. I know you, you know how they shot monkeys up into the atmosphere to test the rockets first with NASA. I think I, I'm a much, you like, I'm down for that type of role. At least to, to be a I, space monkey. You can be a yeah. monkey. Yes. I would like to be a space monkey. I think that's a, that's a. I'm more than qualified. To this is wild. What you go, you go in outer space? Also, if you stay up there for long enough, you get like two inches taller. Yeah, it decompresses your spine. I have a fractured L5 that's healed. Needs a little help. Be huge for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to sip that hard for Elon Musk. 
I think you already did. Yeah. His, <laughs> what, his hair his hair is whack in the like how are you gonna let Jeff Bezos get more jack than you? That's just beta move. But anyway. <laughs> all right, Elon, come on the program. So here's a hypothetical, all right? We're we're out at this mysterious cabin in the middle of nowhere, totally isolated, trying to survive. Billy goes out, he brings back a deer one day. Uh Big T, your job was to be uh gathering. You were gathering berries and roots. And uh, Billy had a successful hunt. You had a bad day. Um, we all were also taking Billy's, uh, our job was to take Billy's deer, turn into clothes. I made a great set, like an awesome hat, some gloves. Uh, I have three pairs of gloves, actually. But I'm keeping all the gloves for myself. Billy's keeping all the deer meat for himself. Are you just eating your berries? Well, I find it interesting in this scenario, you picked a job that was predicated upon someone else doing something for you first that was done successfully. Yeah, I'm a leech. And then you could just do yours. Yeah, I'm a leech. Um, so I find it pretty... Uh, <laughs> no, but... that <laughs> You only made a hat and some gloves. No, but <laughs> no, honestly, I just all gloves. I made all... like I made exactly as many pairs of gloves as people there are, uh, but I'm keeping them for myself in, in case... I don't think something that's happens. a realistic scenario. I think that Big T would probably be in charge of something like gathering wood. I think that would be a good job for Big T. You could carry a lot of wood. Yeah, yeah, you could carry a shit ton of wood. Would you be down? And then maybe building? I think in a scenario where I landed on a plane with you guys, I would take my chances so low. <laughs> Are you got, serious? <laughs> you just said that, that you didn't want to survive anywhere. Correct. Yeah. That's once right. once the plane has crashed, I think all bets are off in terms of things you want. To you do, wouldn't want to be cohesive with this group. No, I don't. Okay, think so, so then I think I would kill myself far sooner. No, than I so would this die is what we're doing. If Big T tries to run away, we yeah. then take him captive and make him do our bidding and keep him with us. And then we eat him. No, we're not going to eat him. <laughs> we're just going to make him. We're, we're, we're going <laughs> to. Big T, is, Big. is your biggest reason for fleeing because you believe Billy would suggest sooner than later you should be eaten? Uh, just okay. that I don't I don't think this crew hanging out 24-7 uh, would be the best way to spend my last days. <laughs> no, I think I would, we'd have a great time by the fire. I would take kidding? my chances with the elements. Dude, it would basically and, be uh, this podcast next to a fire. How quickly, That's so fun. When is it appropriate to turn to cannibalism? When that's the major question, Billy's. Oh, you've thought about this? Yeah, no, I, I have. <laughs> when, uh, once that's why the, we got to take Billy out early. No, He's, once the first person dies, there's. Do you have the funeral, and then you do the cannibalism? No, it's basically you, can't you need kill him if he dies naturally. You can't eat him if he died naturally. What if Arian is like he? So day two. Arian starts to cough. I'm by the way, I'm not pro cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> he starts. He he's like, <clears throat> do you start just looking at him sideways, no, just like look, like when uh <laughs> when Sylvester the cat would look at somebody and see them turn into like a big piece of a chicken drumstick? Is that how you'd be <laughs> no, looking at no, Arian? No, no, no. This is what we do. Is we first like we go after game, like we start killing a bunch of squirrels, and then we have squirrel legs for dinner. Like it's not going to be that hard. Like if we're at Wait, did sea, you say squirrel eggs, squirrel legs. Okay. All right. So I mean, but like <laughs> if we're at sea, if we're at sea squirrel and eggs. we have nothing to eat, I may look the, before eating a human. Maybe cut off a little and use it as bait for the fish. Who are we cutting? Whoever died first. How do they die? Billy, who's dying first? Who like 
Sun and this crew, who's dying first? Yeah, Sunstroke. Who knows who's gonna die first? Would you would you ever withhold? Who you sort- betting on? All right, let, let's see, let's say that Arian he's coughing. The cough is getting worse now. He's coughing up blood. He's got like a huge fever. It's very clear that he's going to die. I think do you Arian- start. Do you start rationing Arian's food? No, I think Arian's <laughs> gonna be like, "Yo, finish me off, bro." Right? No, actually, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Euthanize me, <laughs> Billy. Would I'm you? Gonna go I'd be team euthanasia live. if I was you down would, bad. Would you just stop eating and be like, "Hey guys, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna off myself so that you guys well, can live." I'd know. I'd fight through it till I couldn't. Would you? Would you know? I feel yeah. like you'd you'd hang on till the last second. You're hallucinating. You wouldn't know at all. Eh. Uh, who amongst us do you think would be the tastiest? Who has the best marbling? Who has, who would have the the most delicious meat? You, you this thought about t- this? I no, it's a survival episode, Billy. I'm not. I'm not revealing my my pick. Who's the tastiest, bro? I don't know. It depends on people's diets. So good diet, good meat. All right. So well, the thing is, it might not taste good depending on what's eaten. Let's say hypothetically, there's somebody that eats just a lot of Chick Fil A all the time. <laughs> there's nothing but Chick Fil A. Would so, that make for a, a tasty snack? Well, for example, I think I'd taste terrible because I t- eat too many supplements. Oh, that's what they all convenient. Say. So <laughs> I think you wouldn't want to eat me, fellas. I think I'd be <laughs> trust extreme, me, guys. Not a good meal. I'd be extremely gamey tasting. I'm pretty sure. You were just saying the squirrels were good and they were gamey. <laughs> but that's a certain taste i promise you because because it's going through my mind right now i've never been motivated in my life to do anything as much as i would to kill billy and eat his flesh <laughs> if he tried to kill me i wouldn't. like it like right now i want to kill him <laughs> no like, but, but no but big like the second he made a move to try to kill me i, I swear to god i say i was gonna kill you his life would end in such a horrific and shocking fashion big t when like, you, you go you fathom you couldn't fathom <laughs> i mean hypothetically if big t was like we landed he didn't want to be part of the cohesive group that was going to all help out each other to make a good survival scenario and wanted to go off on his own i'd hunt you <laughs> You'd <laughs> run. You'd run out by yourself. I would kill and you I'd track and fuck you. your corpse. Yeah, I right? track you. these people. I'd track you down. You wouldn't be hard to track. Size sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna make a. I mean, you're not gonna make it through the brush. You're very. Look, man, you're gonna leave a lot of trail. <laughs> no, you can it, find me. Come find me. See what happens. I will find you. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think he's running based on how he's talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, you're running. I would love to see Billy like. Smeared mud all over himself, <laughs> like in a loincloth and a stick, just like looking at the footprints. There's a pile of shit. Billy sticks his finger and it's still warm. Yeah. He's nearby. Five minutes after we've crashed, he's, he's like this. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you take your clothes off? Yeah. Like there's a gas station right there. Right? <laughs> I, I would love Time to see. Boys. I would love to see Big T and, and Billy in a survival situation. Most dangerous game. I, I mean, honestly, I think that we do. Big T's showing me Big that T- he's got some resolve. I would be afraid of Big T. In we a do rough like and that. rowdy at this company, right? <laughs> do you? What kind of money do you think we could put on the table for a fight to the death? I'll sign up. Fight to the death. <laughs> that's the cop out. That that's not sanctionable. No, in Russia, it is. Yeah, bare knuckle. 
Speak. I will sign my life away. <laughs> to to fight me to the death. Yes. <laughs> if the prize was was worthwhile. My money's on Big T. I think he's gonna beat your ass, Billy. Yeah, I the think Billy's on top. You get to take a life, a sanctioned I just, life, I, Big T. The the whole. I would like there to be some sort of compensation you if see, and when I make you it see, out. Remember when I talked about how competition doesn't breed cohesion in a insular group? So once I remember we, when we you were, said that, yeah, we were talking about we were talking about how like working together dynamics. Then we start talking about who's eating who, who's gonna win, and, and then now we have uh, a proposed fight to the death. I think I, I think actually want, want to kill you now. Why? I think I've talked because <laughs> my mind has gone into that mode. They were suggesting like, the Chick Fil A. He can't take where, it. Where it's like got, it's time to it's mind. it's time to kill Billy, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you tasted flesh. I never look. Yeah, that's for the rest of us. This has become a real problem because now Big T either has to become our king. Or we have to band together to take him down after he's mauled Billy. I mean, you think you think he'd stop with just me? That's if what he was I successful. Yes. Yeah. Nice no. Then campaign. I might go back and, jo- and rejoin the group. <laughs> yeah. I might be like, y'all have seen what you're fucking with now. <laughs> Look, I. Here do you want to do this he, or not? Here I am. How decisively you murdered Billy. This That's is fair. such. A, why are we murdering each other? We should be working on cohesion. You literally asked earlier, had we read Lord of the Flies? Have you? Yes, I. <laughs> Do you have. remember what happened in the book? Right, but they didn't take the right. That no one was doing anything. There wasn't any cohesion. There was a. We would shelter, food, water. Now nah, my money's on Big T. I think Big T is our king now. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. <laughs> no, I just don't believe like in that situation. Why would we ever want conflict amongst ourselves when we have enough conflict with the wild? You were proposing eating people. I was not proposing eating people. They wanted me to say that I'd eat you. That Before you- that, you said you that we're going to eat someone. I you, never I, said d- that. Does does he hey, listen yo, to the things hey, yo, he says? Hey, what I say? Hey yo, PFT instigated this whole shit. Yeah, it's so funny. Guys. I don't want to <laughs> eat people. I actually think that this this scenario would play out kind of like and and forgive the comparison, uh, but Big T, you're kind of like Daenerys Targaryen, where you um you have such strong resolve that you would make us all want to fight for you. We would all just be like your minions, and you would take Billy out just to prove a point because you're that fucking cold-blooded right off the bat and billy yeah sure you've got honor or whatever but guess what this is a survival situation where there's no why, such thing why, as honor. why are you are you, this is ridiculous this has gotten to a ridiculous point I, that's big, like T's, that's big t's line I'm, billy's I'm, like why would we do the thing that humans have done for hundreds of thousands of years why would we do well that? i'm trying to <laughs> solidify a plan so that we have more success yeah, like right now, like hypothetical shit. situation. If we get in a survival situation, we should work on cohesion. We should have a group looking for water and a group setting up shelter. The first thing we do when we get in that situation. First rule is try to kill the person who's trying to be in charge. I'm not trying to be in charge. <laughs> you're trying to be in I charge. No, Billy, you just no, said you're going to kill me. I believe. Yes, I said yeah. I do. I did what I said I was going to do. Kill the person who's trying to be in charge. Yeah, Billy, the, the more you want to be in charge, the less it I don't want you. to be in charge. Oh, I'm giving people orders. We're gonna do this, 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 and this. Did I? But like, (laughs) it's tyranny. But that's Billy's being a tyrant. No, but that's just common sense. Donnie and um, Ray would agree with me. No, Donnie and Ray would be out on their own doing it themselves, and they've also been in situations like that. But you're you're leading without any sort of 
uh, like example from your past of proving that you can do. You're just trying to take over. You're, I'm not you're, trying to take over. You're declaring anything. yourself. King. You know who Billy sounds like right now is Hillary Clinton. He's oh just my assuming, God! Assuming the, that everyone's going to no, put him you know into what? power, you know yep. no, and then he can do whatever he wants. Yep, I he's right. It's just Hillary Clinton. No, Hillary Bi- Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing, Billy. No, I'm literally just saying that there's just like there's certain like I've just read a lot of books about this stuff yeah that is not true either i mean hillary clinton had a law degree are you uh, saying you've outread hillary clinton pretty sure no i just the like the first time no but like that's how i knew how to like like i don't know when i was growing up i just read all these books about like outdoorsmanship survival scenarios you said earlier you read pirate books and you're afraid of scurvy i read a lot of books growing up i wasn't allowed to watch cat. cartoons no, it, it, it makes sense like I, I think that's a very apt comparison that big t had like Hillary Clinton dreamed since she was a, a small child of being president. She spent her entire life and just assumed preparing to be was going to walk right in there. And so, yeah, Billy thinks like a survival situation. Oh, this is easy. But guess what? There, there, there's a big, slightly redheaded dude that's big. standing in the way of you literally don't have big. red hair at all. It's it's somewhat reddish. Oh, it's blonde. Okay, not at all. You can't deny that it's reddish blonde. Are y'all are look y'all the, the dumbest mirror. motherfuckers on the face of the planet? Dude, it's not at all. Look in the mirror, bro. <laughs> Dude, you're so stupid. It hurts. Oh me. my god, dude, your strawberry. <laughs> it literally isn't even a little bit. Yeah. Well, okay. There's a big. Okay. You always wear a hat. There's a big T. Okay, Mike Tarico. Let's see, Big T, take your hat off what? real quick. No, my hair's all fucked up. Like the the hair see, looks. I don't even that's, know now. That's strawberry blonde. That's strawberry blonde. No, it's not. It's strawberry blonde. Yes, it is. It's not. I, we're not saying. Would you that rather us call you a communist or a redhead? Uh, this is the angry they're both objectively untrue but (laughs) all right i guess communist i mean that that gets you you can do it if you say you're a communist now you can do whatever you want (laughs) no it's okay guys i'm an ally I mean, uh, I have no choice but to follow Big T. I think he is. He's a star. I can't, I can't now, find a honestly, picture I don't of want you with your head off. PFT, I don't want you in the survival group because you've been just setting people against each also, other. Well, I, Big hey, Arian, it's not my your, Twitter profile picture, choice. I'm not wearing a hat. I, what do you mean it's not my choice? Yeah, you can't just kick me okay, out of the group, on, Billy. Well, I'm just saying, I'm verbalizing. I don't think your lack of cohesion and instigation would be good. You're deflecting because you're upset that, that Big T absolutely emasculated. No, is, no, no. You're trying to cause... This is one of the things I said Billy when I first Is Billy kind of a fraud? Jump. Billy didn't grow up in the wilderness. He didn't grow up wow. in the woods at all. Okay, let's <laughs> The wilderness it, to Billy was Central Park. Let's put it to a vote. <laughs> How many people would like to kick me out of the group like Billy suggested? You know what? I'm not actually saying that. I'm pro cohesion. You just said that. Yeah, you just said that. So it I'm looks saying like I'd you're like on your own. to, but I don't. Your want motion to. failed. You're causing the most dissension out of anyone. No. Correct. You know what? Can't wait. BFT is very smart. He's crafty, mm-hmm. uh, entertaining, he's spry. I would trust BFT. I'm. I thank you, Coley. I think I am spry. I would like to have Coley around. I think that Coley, uh, he has that element of him where he does have a family to protect. He's got. He's a guy that I think could be uh, gritty in the right situation. He could tell good stories. That's important, keeping us entertained. Arian obviously is a guy that would be an asset in any sort of survival situation, especially if there was Rikes. a wolf a- attack. Um, I, I don't want to say that. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Mad Dog. <laughs> Am I out? What would you? No, I'm just make make a case for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Morale. Morale. I like it, actually. Um, I also feel like if we're really going to go back in time, if we're crashing, I could be a 
hunter gatherer like or wait what did the women do back in like the 1600s in the 1600s like I could, I could, <laughs> uh, the answer is not good more, more like not 1600 yeah, bc bc i i could i could create clothes like okay once our once we have to use all of our clothes that we have on for like um bandages and mm-hmm. slingshots and things like that i could create new clothes um <laughs> I, It'd be our our fashion design. Yeah. yeah. I also I also not clothing is very important in survival yeah, situations like, of yes. temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel that I could I can swim really well. Okay. I could go like in the, if we're near water, go swim. Um, I think I think the morale element is important. I also I I think that having yeah, I, I think that having a woman around would would be like if it's a bunch of guys like you've already seen basically yeah. attacking and threatening to kill each other. Having a different perspective around mm-hmm. like a, a more calming I can influence. Cool, cool you guys down. Yeah, calming influence I think would be helpful for the group. Also, please don't imply there are inherent differences between men and women. That's sexist. I won't have that. I'm in not. Life. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not implying. You're that. just a you're PFT a calming person. Them, yeah. I'm. I. I think I'm pretty calming, and I also feel like if we were there, what if we found other people? I could help. We could. We could create a whole island. Then at that point, we're creating a whole island. What's your role in that? <laughs> yeah, we're incapable of speaking to others now. No, I'm saying if we're there for years and years and we need to procreate, you have to look for <laughs> that. <laughs> that didn't take long. That yeah. did not, no. <laughs> um, that would also be just very dangerous. That's another thing in Yellow Jackets. One person what? may or may not become pregnant during the show, and then you're in. You're in the woods. Then you're a liability. And then well, what, then, well, we can avoid that easily. Yes. Yes. That is a very, <laughs> it's a very easy thing to avoid. Um, Avery. Well, I mean, if Big T is going to be king, him and I are close friends, so he needs a good I'm friend. Te- I, I, would, I would recruit Avery to come with me to my offshoot camp. Hand of the king? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Listen, Dude. you have to pay respects to the king. And he's he's clearly going to kill Billy. So I mean, look, I've been down one I've been yeah, since day dead. one preaching cohesion. Yeah, a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, because you like, know you need help. What's you can't your do angle? it on your own? Yep. What's your angle, Billy? Why do you want us to? You be... know, man, I just want us to survive and do cool shit while we're out there. So you're looking at this. Here's my problem with Billy. I think that Billy would be good in certain aspects of it. But also, I think that Billy would enjoy being in the situation a little bit too much where he yes. actually would not prioritize escaping. Getting out? Yes. Uh, I think that he would be like, this is awesome. This is sweet. Billy Let's would look at his around. game. I feel like yeah. we'd be able to come to an agreement together and then Billy would try to change the agreement. Billy? Like, we'd all be like, oh, we should do this. And then Billy's like, no, wait, I saw this on TV last week. We should do this. <laughs> yeah, we need a singular, no. uh, singular vision. And say what you want about Big T, but he does not waver from his visions that he has. He's steadfast and resolute. I think that's an important thing to have in somebody that's our leader, whereas Billy would be a little bit too wishy-washy. What? You would- and we, we wouldn't have Google to double-check Billy when he makes these grand proclamations. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have supplements. Yeah, Billy, <laughs> Billy might just... Waste no, away into nothing. That's that's where you start eating organ meat. That's where all the supplements should come from. Or like from other animals or from people? No, no from other animals. Why does everyone think I'm going cannibal? Billy so would be quickly? like, trust me, you could eat this you berry Because you just said animal street. meat, but you didn't. You said organ meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, because specifically organ meat has more supplement based, like natural supplements. What than is regular, organ meat? Like liver. Like a liver. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Is it meat? meat? What? Yeah, it's meat. I think is it's that, meat. Yeah, yeah it well, the thing is, animal. none of us eat it anymore. How is the, li- how is the liver meat? I thought meat was like muscles. Organ, well, mm-hmm. I mean, the heart is a muscle. <clears throat> I mean, technically, a lot of organs kind of function like muscles. But the last people to eat liver was like the English. They like eat like liver. I mean, people eat liver now. Yeah, I mean, liver king. But... <laughs> Obviously, but I also feel people. like Billy would want us like all to die so he can like figure out a way to live the longest. Like he would be like, what? "Oh yeah, Why you could, do you think you that? could eat this?" He's like, yeah, sure. he'd be like, "You can Why? eat this berry off this tree; it's safe." And then we all just die because Billy would like to come back to society and be like, the, "Here's the man that survived out in the woods for <laughs> the longest." I want to be longest. the only ones. No, that would be because then everyone would be mad suspect. Why did this guy survive? But mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd have stories for everything and you'd be like, well, they weren't as strong as me in the woods. And the first thing that he would write in the book that he would inevitably publish is that I killed the editor who would have scrapped this. <laughs> and nobody can stop me from writing this shit anymore. Wait, what? The, You'll get oh, it. the It'll editor. Get it later. Oh, the- He'd be on Pardon My Take just singing singing all these songs. <laughs> no, dude. Damn. I'm yeah, actually... Sorry, Billy, you're dead. That actually kind of sucks that you guys think that Love me. Well, it's also because your meat would be very tasty. I think we've established that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this thing as organ meat. I thought meat was just like muscles. I guess it's 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 anything, really. Yeah. It's like anything of an animal. Yeah, meat is not specifically muscle. I didn't know that. That's wow. I, I, I would every day. meat is like mass. Yeah. Meat is everything I mean, except bones. Yeah. Food of any kind, it could, it could be bone marrow, bone could marrow, even be meat. true. Interesting, I didn't know that. So, like tendons, ligaments that's meat, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of that is used in legal jargon what about feathers, hair. Yep, if you eat it, is that meat? Feathers are meat, it's 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 defined as food of any kind from an animal. Hmm. Um, all right, well, I think I think that really answered a lot of questions that I had going into this survival situation. <laughs> um, I feel like I'd be a good cook, too. I feel like I could figure out how to make good food. Oh, yeah. Can Honestly, I add that to my list, too? I can cook. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just go around and just, like, allocate people jobs uh, real quick. See? Yeah. It just, turned like, into cohesion. Here he goes again. Real He's going to do it. I'm just like, how do y'all not? That's crazy. You're right. I'm, a, I'm we, we're, we're all we gotta, on your side. We got to keep I know. I know. But I know. That, I'm just like, how do you, how does that, anyone listen to this guy and not point, think like. I'm just saying, not allocate jobs, but like, what would everybody want to do you in just the survival said, situation? Billy, you just radically changed what you just said. But I'm basically, that's what I'm trying to do so we can finish the show and like, oh, we're all going to be surviving happily ever. Instead of, you we're all not. just killing each other and like not It's no, far more entertaining you. to want to kill people. We're killing you, yeah, not, bro. No, you, okay, right this time. is done. If we're killing me, I'm going full Rambo in the woods. You guys can't hunt or <laughs> gather without having to watch over your shoulder because I might pop out of a tree. I might be hidden underground This in is a why lair. we're going to kill you. <laughs> no, but yep. you've yeah. driven me to this point. Yeah, so you were always going to driven get me to this it point. It took 20 minutes for you to be like, fuck it, I'll kill you guys. <laughs> no, because you guys just you're, all said that you're going to kill yeah, me. You were going to get here no matter what. I know I'm not. Correct. Yes, this is you always guys, your, your plan. You know what? You, know what? you guys would die so fast yeah, see? I'm so done if you're gonna make me the if you're gonna force me into the bad guy role okay fine as I'll if be you weren't there. gonna be the bad guy no role I wasn't good. I never was gonna I wanted to be cohesive I've been saying cohesion the whole time because I knew cohesive you guys cohesive under your guidelines 
It's it's funny how it was like jokes at first, but like yo, you really convinced me. Like we got to kill Billy. You know, no, first thing we no, do is what? You know what? You I, went from like guys, we got to find water source, and guys, we just have to cohesion is the most important. Like fuck it, you were fuck it there. I'll kill all of you all. Ramble this shit. That's well, because you guys just you guys just all said okay, we got to kill him. I didn't like how you were talking to Big T when you're saying that you were going to hunt him down, and I thought that was sus. So I was like, you know what? I'm I think I'm on because he said he would kill me. Can we remember? <laughs> can we remember how this went? You said Big T was you just trying to me, escape and not you harm anybody. You fingers. marked me as a cannibal. A have, you marked yeah. me as a cannibal. You, you said, "Who am I going to eat?" You, I said, "I'm not going to say who I want to you eat." You asked Marion to kill himself for the good of the, gr- the gang. After you guys all and, accused me of cannibalism, wait, Billy, you also said you admitted yourself. That thinking about who you would eat first is something that you have thought about before. Right, but I like think so, about everything. So when I it, asked right, you that, it was it seems quite <laughs> the opposite, to be honest. It's called with intrusive you. thoughts. <laughs> this guy can't control his own brain. We have him leading. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know about this. That's that's you know, you gotta really go after stigmas. <laughs> Mentally weak. Survival to survive, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're gonna go after No, this was a very fun show. I think the trick would just be to everybody nap all the if we found what if we found just weed growing out there? Uh, Do you think that there's any place in a survival situation for recreational drug use? Honestly, I'd be so the down. Coffee if we, fields in Afghanistan. Like I think a lot. Honestly, yeah, to, to like maintain a calm demeanor. A camaraderie. Camaraderie, yeah. Now poppy seeds also, probably not. But, just to like take oh. your mind off of things. Dude, if you yeah. guys if we landed, crash landed and like if you guys wanted to take a nap, I would be I wouldn't want a nap. I just want to be doing all the fun stuff. And then you guys wake up. I would have built shelter, found water, and then it would have been like, oh, thank God Billy's here. What's thank God fun, we didn't kill him. What's the fun stuff we're doing on a deserted island? Well, you guys crash. want to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah, so take a nap and I'll go do the fun stuff What's that the, I find fun. Like finding food and shelter? Yeah, finding food, shelter, water. And then you guys wake up and there's a whole bamboo lean-to and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is great. And I'm just sitting there whittling, trying to make How the fire start. How bamboo in the area we've crossed? I thought that I we like, just said a I think we're island. doing dessert. I think we have to do an island. Bamboo spreads Here, pretty here's, fast. Here's what is yeah, making me. Yeah, yeah, it grows super fast. It's so super weird. Like six it's a feet weed. in a day or something. Here's yeah. what's making yeah, me concerned about down. Billy's scenario right now is that Billy is saying, no, what I would want you guys to do is to not do anything. Let me go out and do everything and then we all feel- day, every day. And that way, Billy has something over us yeah, where after like a week of him doing everything, he's like, you guys aren't doing anything. That's his situation. That's his ideal situation where he is like everybody is in a, a mode of deference to how great Billy's survival skills are. Well, that's. That's what happened. That's this podcast. Also, what happens? What happens? Someone's preference. Billy's what? actually like the biggest Democrat on this show. Oh, which is oh, tough oh, to do. I also, yeah. And Billy just snuck that in there a second ago. I don't know if you guys. No, know. don't have to. Oh, yeah. They'll get it. They'll get yeah. it. Oh yeah. Where he's yeah. like, yeah, this, oh, it's, it's yeah, the podcast. So, oh yeah. I'm the only one that yeah. does any of the work out here. Anyway, next thing. Um, <clears throat> I heard that. Yeah. I'm a big lib. I'm a big lib, according to Big T. Mm-hmm. Also, what would we do? So, okay, let's say we built the food. Or we built the shelter. We got the food. Billy, have- Billy, yeah, Billy, Billy. Sorry, mm. there is food. There is shelter. There is water. We have a sustainable source from somewhere, or we can find squirrels on this island that Billy can slingshot. What happens like <laughs> after that? We kind of like stabilize. Then we take get. Then we make the agricultural there revolution. He, goes. he can't help himself. He just. <laughs> what do you mean? I know. What we'll do. Well, we start building a fence. 
capturing small animals. Maybe he's not a Democrat after and all. domesticating them. Why aren't we just trying to escape with that? Like, See, that's what I'm talking about, Matt Dog. <laughs> Billy wants to. Billy wants to create an entire new society that he gets to yeah, live. Yeah, I want to leave for forever. He has no no, no, no reason to get out. We capture wild boar piglets and we start raising the hogs, fatten them up. Off of scraps. Mm-hmm. Okay. This sounds like a long term plan. You're, you're, not, you're not answering my que- you're not answering my question. Why why aren't we like um spelling? We're out- trying to leave the island. He's trying to stay there forever, bro. Like we develop a new language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we write the Macrodosian constitution. Or like um we're starting a fire so we can you know be seen from up above like why aren't those things happening well honestly, or are they just in that's the- that's not the fun part to me <laughs> leaving yeah the fun part is is staying there forever and ever and ever so yeah. are we Big killing T, i'll hold him down while you work for <laughs> all right i was gonna say are we killing billy right away or are we gonna let him set it up for no, us we have and to then kill him up. okay here's well, now he but knows. the thing is i'm not trying to kill you guys i'm trying to no just, we're trying to kill you like but the thing is it might be the end of the movie right and you guys are like it's time to go and i'm just sitting there like guys i'm not gonna leave and then, like you guys leave me in the jungle. And I, I that's think the end of the movie. I think here's the plan because Billy Billy does have some good ideas about how to start to get things done for survivability. I say that we land. We first thing that we do is we build a jail, and we put Billy in the jail, and he tells us the ideas. None to of do, you are gonna build then, the jail. But then, he, let's be real. None of you want to do work. But then, let's, like, 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 but then Billy just gives us the ideas, but he's not around to help us execute them. So we have final say over what he's telling us to do. So we use his brain. I think that Billy's brain has some good stuff in it, but just letting him run free, I think is a recipe for us never getting out of this situation. Well, you guys, if like, for example, you guys can make the effort to, why are you guys depending on me to find the way out when I'm not? We're not. We actually don't want you to contribute. Most of our plans have been eliminating you immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you would be good in a short, your brain would be good for short-term survival. But you would you would get us too far down the path of establishing a brand new civilization and never getting back. You know what? You would like secretly sabotage whatever like, I would modes not of say, transportation. You guys would want to leave, I'd, and then probably at some point, yeah, we want to like, leave. What? <laughs> then, 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 probably at some point, I'd be like, okay, I'm getting a little tired of this. I miss some things from civilization, and come back with you guys. You'd probably work out. You'd probably like. <laughs> Build build weights and stuff out of branches and tree stumps, and just be like, "This is actually kind of cool because I get to spend like ninety days trying my own like P ninety X version." Billy would use <laughs> Billy would use us as like bench press. No, but what would be great is that I'd be doing so many activities, I get a workout from them. You'd probably also not find starches. Uh, you would intentionally leave those out so that we would all be in ketosis. No, but that's you would no, put no. us on a high protein <laughs> diet. You don't think I'd try to like, like find sugars to ferment into alcohol? That's a good That's point. Yeah, he did valid. say yeah. if he had five hundred dollars in an airport that he would need to be drinking. So. Yes, I'm keeping. I'm keeping around for that. I definitely need. To drink yeah, we definitely would need to ferment stuff. And was gonna miss a show to keep drinking in Boston. That was a joke. We established that. <laughs> um, how was the last week of St. Patrick's Day this weekend? Uh, dude. <laughs> shit's still going home right the front. Yeah. It's a oh. state of mind, really. <laughs> In what, my mind, I've never left. What's the last day of St. Patrick's Day? Is there dude, a big celebration on it? It's the end of this, the weekend after St. Patrick's Day or during St. Patrick's Day. That is. 
Yeah, that guy couldn't escape uh, South Boston. He was going to get off an island. <laughs> okay, I literally lost my keys to my house and car. And I was like, oh, man, should I try to find my delay my fight to find like, You know what? Never mind. See, the, th- the other thing that concerns me is um, if we were in a survival situation, I would be trying to get back so that I could go back to work. Billy, on the other hand, would be like, yo, this is like pretty sweet. Okay, pretty chill. Yeah. Um, you guys want to do some voicemails? Yep. Let's hit it. I think we've established our, our survival situation pretty well here. Let's be realistic. Are we actually not going to work together and try to like no, we are. actually take it seriously? We, <laughs> we just we just have an extreme distrust of you. Why do you guys distrust me? We you've you've never you've never been put to the test. We don't know how you'd react. In in like a real no, he, we know how he'd react. He just showed us, right? Well, after you all said I should die, no, we never. Not said that, that you should, that you would. <laughs> Big, Big T killed. did. By the way, we're just like kind of glazing past the fact that Big T was like, I would kill you and fuck your corpse. <laughs> I did yeah. get very yeah. glazed. That guy needed the red flag. But that's good. But we can't have anybody getting pregnant, so it's good that right. we've so, got like a, a that human was sex doll. Purely that he's getting. Yeah, you're a flesh. Oh, yeah. We turned you into a communal flashlight. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <This is gross>. <laughs> Necrophilia. <laughs> oh, man. The only thing I fear is Arian's jujitsu. <laughs> the only thing right. you fear. Arian, you should. Do you think that you could? Yeah, like, Arian's a- was on his back. <laughs> what, <laughs> what if we made yeah, one no. of those one of those pits that Coley was talking about, like a, a false a false floor with a bunch of leaves on it, and put you at the bottom of it? So like we chased a deer across this thing, and the deer fell down into the pit with you. Do you think you could kill a deer using jujitsu? Of course. Yeah, that deer probably has no training. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't have any training. Well, but you, Brazilian can, deer. you can kill pretty much anything. <laughs> I mean, let me take that back. Well, no, I think you could. They, well, deer are actually pretty tough. I There's think some... you could. You, you, you could strangle it with a triangle. Deer are one of my biggest fears. Dude, there's some hilarious videos of hunters getting absolutely fucked up by, like, white-tailed deer. Mm-hmm. Dude, deer scare the shit out of me. Aaron, uh, one last question for you before we get into these voicemails. Because there was a video that that went viral last week, I think, of like a street fight. That when I say street, it was actually taking place like in a cul-de-sac, on asphalt. Mm-hmm. It was like a smaller guy against a bigger dude. Smaller guy does some jujitsu shit on him, gets on his back, gets his neck, takes him down, chokes him out. The the big dude starts tapping during the fight. If you're if a dude's tapping in a fight, do you respect the tap? Do you let go? In a street fight? Street fight. Like, the the big dude was trying to cave the small guy's face in with haymakers and shit. It was a legit fight. Do you let him go? It depends on the situation. If I, if, if in, in that scenario, yeah, you let him go. There's people around and stuff. You let him go. Uh, like, say, like, you trying to restrain somebody and you want consequences done to them. Like, you, until the authorities get there, you're going to hold him up. Like, so if, like if the guy's got a weapon or something like that. Yeah, some shit like that. Or like I've always thought of like scenarios of like if you witness like a kidnapping or something like that, like if you don't beat him to death, then you hold him until the police get there. Mm-hmm. Sleep him. Yeah, but if it's yeah. like one on one and there's like five guys around, one guy's videotaping on his cell phone, 
the guy taps and you respect the tap because the guy yeah, he's, he's admitted that he lost yeah. the fight and you just trust the other people to step in and break it up at that point. I know you don't trade. This is what it is. It's like if you you know you can do it if you did, if you probably did it that easy. If you let him go and he tries it again, then you don't let nah. Then we stay in here until <laughs> until your people come. That get was you. a real tap this time. I'm really- <laughs> <laughs> you could just put him to sleep too. I mean that's a, that's a, that's the thing. Yeah. How how black and white is the line between putting someone to sleep and accidentally choking them to death? I don't know that actually. I don't think you. I don't know that actually. Well, yeah, like, when you this? put them when you put them to sleep. It's not you're not restricting airflow to the lungs, right? You're cutting off the blood circulation. So they go they go unconscious. (laughs) Am I wrong? I don't know enough about that actually. I've never actually thought about that actually. That's the (laughs) what? You talking about choking during sex, Billy? Is that why you're laughing? No, if you put somebody in like a, a headlock and they pass out, it's because they don't have any blood flow to their head. And so they pass out from that. And as long as like you don't keep them like that for you know another thirty seconds or a minute after they're already passed out, then you release and they should be okay. I think if you let them go as soon as their body goes limp, that is when they've lost consciousness. If you keep choking them after their body goes limp, I think that's where you can get to the like kill them territory. Because okay. but the thing is like how that's why I think that's why that guy in Central Park, uh, who like claimed. He was like doing like accidentally. He claims he accidentally killed a woman during consensual sex. I'm like, if you're having sex in a park and somebody dies, I'm just gonna say arrest the guy that that killed the person. That that wasn't consensual. You can't even make that argument if you're in Central Park. You're yeah, no, you're right. You're right, uh, PFT. Um, so when you you when you restrict the blood flow, that that that's why people pass out. If you continue to choke them after they pass out you're restricting their airflow and that will kill them. Okay. So they say do it until somebody's unconscious and, and, and then you have to, you have to stop. Obviously. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> so, so the central park strangler was this guy named Robert chambers. He was called the preppy killer to this guy. Yeah. If somebody uh, dies in a park in central park, that's murder. That's, that's my general rule of thumb. Yeah, I think that's fair. Listener voicemails are brought to you by 3Chi. I'm not a drug guy, but I am a 3Chi guy. You can skip the dispensary, get THC delivered directly to your door. They've got Delta 8, HHC, THCV, and more available only at 3Chi. Uh, Check them out right now at 3Chi.com. They've got a variety of delicious edibles, vapes, drink enhancers, tinctures, and more. Now, this does give you a buzz. gives you a great body feel, but you get clear head. You get less anxiety, and you don't get paranoid off it. 3G makes you feel great. Start off with a small dose. I don't want anybody out there going whole hog on it, taking too much before you know how it affects you. You have to be 21 to purchase it because it is psychoactive, but it's great. makes you feel awesome. It's a great way to relax. You can get 5% off Delta 8, HHC, THCV, and more when you go to 3Chi.com. That's the number 3Chi.com. Use promo code STOOL5. Take 5% 5% off and you get a free can of fan flag sticker. Check it out. 5% off all products, 3chi.com. And you get that free can of fan flag sticker with promo code stool five, 5% off three chi. 
There's no product that we use more around this office than 3G. Once the free samples get in, they're out the door immediately. They get claimed instantaneously. We love 3G. Check them out. You might remember Frank the Tank enjoyed a 3G cookie on our 420 episode last year. Check it out. You must be 21 to purchase 3G.com in our promo code STOOL5. All right, let's do some voicemails. Okay. Ready? What's up, guys, from the Macadosa Pod? Love every show you guys do. Uh, this is Liam from Massachusetts. Um, so a couple of years ago, a certain ice cream brand by two gentlemen asked for flavors of ice cream as recommendations for a new type. Um, I kind of came up with Mind in the Pretzel. It was going to be vanilla ice cream with a maple brown sugar swirl, also with pretzel bits in it, sweet, salty, whatever. So I was kind of curious, what would you guys come up with as your own ice cream name and what would be in the ice cream? All right, stay beautiful, stay handsome. Thanks, bye. Hmm, that's a good question. That shit sound nasty. Pretzel ice cream, bro? No. Oh, I kind of like it. The caramel pretzel, with like pretzel. a little bit of salt. Do. Yeah. I bet y'all do. Mm-hmm. Shit sound gross. I think I'm always a sucker for birthday <clears throat> cake ice cream. I just like the fact that there's a, a flavor called birthday cake because birthday cake isn't really, it's, it's like, not really a flavor, but I know cake? what, I know what you mean when you say birthday cake. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. But there, there are multiple types of birthday cake is what I'm saying, no, no, but we I know, know what I you know. mean. Yeah, I, it, I get what you finish. Yeah, there is and there isn't. Mm-hmm. It's the presence of rainbow. Ooh, I would go with ice cream cake flavored ice cream. <gasps> That's a good one. Yeah. I think they have that. Let me see. Ice cream cake flavored ice cream. So it's got like a little bit of the cake in there. It's got some fudge strips, some icing inside the ice cream. Mm -hmm. And then it's got the ice cream that you get inside of an ice cream cake. It's just the the proportions are like inverse to an ice cream cake. I'm not seeing any ice cream flavored ice cream cake. I think that market is yours. Hell yeah. That's what I would do. I like that. I think um, they probably had this, but like, because I'm not a big sweets person. Um but do they have Reese's ice cream? Oh, yeah. Reese's? Reese's? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love Reese's. Those, those are probably the only candy I like. Reese's, the little butter, whatever, the, the little cups? circle joints. Where are there you go, Reese's what cups. talking about? Yeah. Whatever. I couldn't think of a fucking name. I was more for me than for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that in ice cream would be fire. Is, is there a peanut butter and jelly ice cream? That might be good too. An uncrustable oh, ice cream. There we go. Yo, you, yo, you low-key like the Wonka of ice cream flavors. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> Uncrustables ice cream, you tell me that that would fly off the shelves. It that would be. You, I'm saying you're killing this shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a sponge cake almost. Yeah, but not mm-hmm. the crust. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, no, no crust. It's uncrustable. Yeah, uncrustable flavored up. Man, I just came up with two awesome types of ice cream. Not to brag. I'm just very proud of myself. What would you name them? Um, I don't know. I'm, I guess Uncrustables and ice cream I mean, I guess they kind of names for themselves. I think it's just Uncrustables ice cream. And then ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. Uncreamables. Ooh. Wait. Uh, uh, it's a little... Yeah. It. I mean... I'm, so, I'm workshopping. I'm workshopping that one. The name's not important. <laughs> the name's not important. Anybody else? Liver. Liver <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I went down a Wikipedia uh, wormhole. Totally blacked out. About, what about, was the, about how to murder podcast co-hosts? <laughs> what Wikipedia are you on? Uh, dude, this preppy stranger. Oh, the, anyway. the Big T spinoff podcast about murdering Billy would do crazy numbers. 
Yes. Right. True crime. Why Why are we talking? Remember when we said all these things that we say on the show come true? Why are we talk, speaking these things? That'd be fire if Big T kills you, bro. Our ratings will go through the roof. Yeah. I'd only we do it out in a in a situation where it would be free of consequence. Billy's not worth going to prison. Damn. Just talk about what? What Billy? Nothing. Were you saying that Big T couldn't handle prison? Yeah. No offense. <laughs> I just said I don't want to go. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have ice cream flavors, Billy? The question was, what flavor of ice cream would you invent? <laughs> um, Arian said Reese's. The thing is, c- cookie dough, cookie dough ice cream is so awesome that yeah. I don't think I could create something better than that. I appreciate that cookie dough is is very very. I good. actually had some last night. I'd forgot it was in my frid uh, freezer. That's the best. And I I found it. I was like, oh my god. Awesome. There's a pizza place right next to Toads. I think I was telling you about this PFT when we were there, and they make milkshakes. And they used to put the mini Reese's peanut butter cups. They were like really small, but they were they like kept them in the refrigerator, so they were kind of hard. And they would put them at the bottom of the milkshake, and then they would put Moose Tracks ice cream in it, and it was Ooh. the best thing I've ever had. That's really good. And, and I, I would call it like something like "Look what I found," because the first time I had, it, I had no idea that the Reese's Pieces were at the bottom, and it was like the greatest surprise of all time. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Big T. I'm I'm trying to come up with something that hasn't been done before. Uncrustable was such a good one. That is a good one because it has like all of the. Yeah. Yeah. What about like chicken and waffles ice cream? I had really good chicken and waffles this weekend. Horrific. No, actually, they have like brunch stuff where you put like ice cream on waffles. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that might be well. Yeah, but like that's different than putting chicken and ice cream. Sweet butter, drizzle on top, maple butter. Honestly, the only bad part would be the actual meat of the chicken. If you put like the outside, like, like the, the fried yeah. chicken skin mm-hmm. with the waffle, that would be good. Yeah, I'm I'm down with the waffle. We uh, let's workshop something around the waffle. Okay, maybe maybe like French toast ice cream. Oh, that'd be good. Mm. Does that not exist? That probably that exists. Probably. What about a Waffle House ice cream? So it's mm. it's waffle oh. bits. So it's coffee ice cream. Okay. With waffle bits, maybe awesome. a little maybe a little bacon in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a maple bacon. Bacon, bacon can get an ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, kid. Yeah, I like that. Wait, why do we like bacon and ice cream? We're not chicken and ice cream. Um, totally different. It because bacon is more of a. I think it's because bacon simulates kind of the the saltiness and the crunch of the chicken skin. The actual chicken meat might be weird inside the ice cream. Less chewing. It's it's more of like a. Like, I feel like bacon would also. It's like crunch would, might hold an ice cream, whereas like if you yeah. put a piece of fried chicken in ice cream, it's probably going to get soggy. Like I've eaten vanilla milkshakes at diners with bacon, and that has been a great combo. Mm-hmm. I like the Waffle House idea too. Fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready for the next one? Yeah. That I'm so hungry now. I know. I'm not going to say who made us record at 12 today so nobody could eat lunch beforehand, but... Oh, no, sorry. I'm on the West Coast, dog. I had to get up at 9, Cass. Oh, sorry. It was because... What? It's a joke. It's a joke, Billy. Okay, here. <laughs> What's up, fellas? It's Keeks from Nantucket. Um... 
it's about to get like super hot politically with like the midterms and shit and that shit just pisses me off so much i wish everybody could get along like big t and arian but uh something i'm trying to do is not using the terms republican or democrat so is there anything that you any words that you could remove from the national lexicon you think would make everybody get along or just society be a better place what do you think what words i've got a word i would like to remove because i feel like it's lost all meaning at this point woke i feel like woke is one of those words that like no nobody really knows what it means it's either something that has been used in the past to um to signify like paying attention to certain causes and then now it's just become like a, a word that's used to denigrate people that yeah, are got, on the opposite co-opted side. It. Yeah, got co-opted as a pejorative. Now. But I, but I don't think that it I don't think that it helps anything. It's usually just a word that uh, is a placeholder for saying what like other words that are really at the central part of the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a euphemism now for. I don't know any kind of pejorative, like uh, politically. That's just like politically on the right. If you don't agree with it, it's woke. Yeah, yeah. I think like to a certain extent, just using the word like Nazi has a very specific connotation. People use mm -hmm. the word Nazi for a lot of things that they just disagree with. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you. I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, you don't believe in the same system of taxation I believe in. Well, you're a Nazi. That sort of thing. It's a very specific thing, but um, I just feel like at this point we need to find a new word. That's all I'm saying. Every when I see woke, I'm just like, okay, I am not participating in this conversation because it's filled with people that are just very pissed off and not making any points besides like they're playing the hits. That's what happens when these word. Yeah. Um, I think that I can't think of another one that's triggering. Canceled. Canceled. I like that. I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking Mad Dog. I'm with you. There's a when Putin uh, used it. That's when it became a bridge too far. When he was like, "the the West is trying to cancel me and trying to cancel Russia." <laughs> so okay, we no no one is using this word anymore. We've we've done it. We've killed it. Cancel. Uh, jump the shark. Billy, about to say Billy. There's an argument for the word racist. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. I feel like it gets, I mean, it gets thrown around a lot. Accusations of being racist? Yeah. There's an argument. I'm not saying, but that's one word that it's just like. Nah, I think we leave that one there. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think we leave that one in there. Because people can be racist still. Right. I guess people I'm can be saying Nazis. So. Definitely. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I went to my muted words on Twitter to see if there were any good ones on there that I've eliminated from my timeline. But most of these are just ones that, like, I was real sick of seeing repeated tweets of at a particular time. Like, official rideshare partner is on there because the Preds <laughs> tweeted it all the time. Uh, that's actually, that's a great set of muted words to have yeah my, I, I can't think of a single time when i've seen that come across my time you never need to see it you never need to see that because it's always what is it 
the, the Preds used to always tweet out like Uber's the official rideshare partner of Bridgestone Arena, whatever. So I muted official rideshare partner. So I never saw those tweets. Mike Golick Jr. is on here for some reason. Not his account, like the words Mike Golick Jr. Uh, my word though would be COVID. Just nobody ever say it again. I'm sick of hearing about it. There'd be a lot fewer fights. Just eliminate it. People would still get it though. Not really. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, but we're bringing it back, though, do you see? Fauci's making the rounds again. Midterm's coming up. We're bringing COVID back. Okay. Because nobody, because, like, Ukraine's kind of waning. Like, we, we're bringing it back. I saw so. that there's, a, there's like, a new strain that we're supposed to I'm sure, yeah. be paying attention to. About September, it'll get cranked up. Okay. I Big T, keep going. I want to I want to know what other words you what have. What else is on here? It's yeah, because official of, rideshare partner is actually a brilliant one. It's a lot of hashtags um, and, and accounts. Uh, what's it good? Oh, Darty is on here. I'm sick of hearing that word. <laughs> Why? What is Darty? Precisely. I think that I just think summed it up. I think this, party. Yeah, I think we, we should... talked about this before. We do this every. <laughs> I'm actually having a Darty not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, you're more than uh. <laughs> what's what's for what's everyone to come. A Darty is a day day drink party. Oh, day party. You guys said that. That's right. That's right. And there's also day jurors. Yeah. Now that's a different level of Darty. Hashtag WNBA vote is on here. I don't know who was tweeting about voting for the WNBA All Star Game, but I was sick of that. (laughs) Automatically checked once. Automatically checked by FLLWRS.com. That's those people who sign up for the see how many followers you gain and lose at one point and then tweets it out forever. Okay, yeah. Um, Daniel Cormier. I don't even know who that is. (laughs) Why don't you like Daniel Cormier? (laughs) Who's that? He's he's a UFC comment, also like a, a legendary UFC heavyweight. He's, he's a very funny guy. He's too. awesome. He's Why awesome. don't you like it? Uh, I don't know what is this one. This <laughs> EFT. He's <laughs> <laughs> got all of us muted. Uh, I don't have you muted. Roman Reigns. Scott... Why don't you like Roman Reigns? I don't care about wrestling. Uh, <laughs> So, oh, SummerSlam also muted <laughs> via IG. So any video uh-huh. that comes up that says like via IG, I don't care. <laughs> Wine festival. <laughs> and then it's a bunch of uh, uh, at fifth third. That's another Preds when they tweet fifth third shit all the time. What about what about Wine Cave? Fast Pro Shops. <laughs> what? So the the accounts are when people would usually do sponsored tweets. So that's what most of those are. Mountain View Chevy. You know, you know people make an uh, <laughs> honest buck? Big T? Yeah. Um, capitalism. Nutra Shop Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly just stuff. It's mostly stuff like that. I could listen to you say your muted phrases all day. I really could. Yes. Hashtag calves. Hey! <laughs> don't care about the caps. We're playing in our playing game. Tomorrow. So you just don't see Jeff D. Lowe's Twitter at all? Uh, no, I see Jeff's tweets. No, because he's very conscientious about using the correct hashtags. Yeah, he'll be like, "Let him know." Hashtag Love Island USA. <laughs> Whoa! Hold on now. You what's what's up with that? I just I don't watch it, so like I don't. Why would I want to see tweets about it? You know? That's that's the greatest reality TV show of all time. Most of these aren't like things I dislike. It's just shit that I don't know or care about. So like I don't want to see tweets about it. But, but how often were you seeing tweets with hashtag Love, Love all Island? Texas often enough all that I that I didn't do it. Uh, Safe Moon <laughs> Army. <laughs> Who's that? Safe Moon Army. 
I don't know. <laughs> it's a crypto. Hashtag yeah. SEC this morning. Sorry, Peter. That's that's Peter Burns. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch on there. Uh, oh, here UWCL. That's the Women's Champions League. Not that I don't support women's athletics. It I absolutely like it. It do. Very much. I absolutely let listen. You can say a lot of things about me. I went to Connecticut this year for a Lady Vols game. You can't say I don't support female athletics. You just don't like you just don't like voting for them in All Star. No, I just don't. I don't watch the Man City women's team. So when they're they're tweeting about the women's team, like I don't know what's going on. So like I just rather not see those tweets. Well, maybe if they weren't muted, you'd have a better idea of what was happening. I I, <laughs> I I just I don't watch the team. So although they do have bunny shaw now who played at the university of tennessee i know a lot about women's athletics i support women's athletics maybe i'll watch any, the team now more do you have any uh, muted words pft i'm looking mine up right now does anybody else have some i do i got one i'm not gonna say on air but uh the other one i, I got I got two it was uh i don't know what that shit is called um tmz i got tmz muted Mm-hmm. And then I'll still never get over that we had the founder of TMZ on and we didn't get into the fact that you despise him. Yeah, that was early on in the show though. So I you know what I'm saying I wasn't as bad if I was trying to be cool, but like, yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> um uh and then Cristado.com. I guess it was some like I kept seeing an ad, I think it was, for something. I don't even know what it is now, but I remember seeing it. And then one I'm not gonna say online. <laughs> Where do you text it? We can. I tell. I tell you afterwards. Where do I find my muted it. phrases? So you go to settings. I just raw dog. I made it way internet, harder now. Like a man. I have no words muted. Yeah. I've like muted and blocked accounts, but that. Where's settings? So if you scroll, scroll to the scroll down on the like side. go to the side where Boom, oh, yeah, you can't find settings scroll. on Twitter. You no, want it all day, down. bro. I gotta scroll down you here. Have, you have a million followers on Twitter, and you can't. Get also, it. also worth noting, the two survival guys had. Big trouble getting in and out of the Zoom. <laughs> Are we gonna leave that that last part in? I think please, dude. I do. He, he was just staring at. He's like, "Do I hang up?" <laughs> PFT. How many muted accounts do you have? I'm I'm still trying to because find... I only have I have 149 muted words, but 5200 muted accounts. I know that oh. I. My God. 5200. Yeah, I'm muted. If I, probably up there. If do you I, follow that many people? No, it's just if I so. Uh, if I come across a tweet I don't like, you're just muted. Correct. Do you have a lot of blocked accounts? Uh, not that many. You just mute them. Oh, I I only have two muted words, and it's both from the same TV show. Hashtag the undoing, and then undoing because I was getting caught up on it. I didn't want to see any spoilers. That's it. Yeah. Now I did. I've blocked a number of accounts. Most of them are just the the bots that reply with like their t-shirts. If I'm wearing a t-shirt or if I like put up a, a link to a t-shirt or a picture of a t-shirt, there'll be like hundreds of people that reply sometimes, and they're all bots saying, "Oh, if you like that t-shirt, you can get it here." Hate but that. it's some like random, probably scam website, so we just block them. I've uh, I've muted Age Well, like because there used to be a time on Twitter where you could just say something. This didn't age like, well. This is a joke. Now, if you're just like someone swings and misses at the first pitch, it's like, oh, Joey Gallo sucks. And then two seconds later, it's a home run. It's like, well, this didn't age well. It's like, I don't really care. He sucks. Like, he sucks and I hate him. Like, that, I really don't care if he did something well right after I said this. Uh, Billy, you have any muted words? Nah, Raw Dog the Internet. I have McDonald's muted. <laughs> <What> the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> 
No, that makes sense. They're big into they're big into integrated ads. I thought it was funny that you just had a cheeseburger as we were going right in, into the interview. You just took a bite of a McDonald's cheeseburger. I I don't think they've they probably haven't had a McDonald's cheeseburger ever in their lives, Donnie or Ray. No, they probably have. You think so? Yeah. There's there's one I mean, they like went to college. I, well, something that like Ray went to uh Ray was a a pole vaulter at Oregon. I wanted to ask him if he ever had to use pole vaulting in the wild. But like they were like they haven't always been in the woods. It seems they in the woods it today. And Donnie and Donnie served overseas and in all of those bases they have McDonald's. Fair enough. I'm gonna mute official rideshare partner too. That's a that's a good life hack. I will never need to see that. where where are we sorry? Settings? settings and then if you just search mute oh search bar mute and lock mute words mute words got it i don't have any mute words blocked accounts official rideshare partner now muted all right we have have any other voicemails yeah we got one more hey what's up guys uh love the pod long time listener all right, so I got this question. Uh, I'm going to try to make it not confusing. So if you split up all the professional athletes in each sport and kind of put them in, like, a group and maybe take, like, the average people, what athletes would be the best at all the sports? Like, if you put them all in a group and made them play each sport, who would be the best? My vote is basketball players. I feel like if you think of Russ, I feel like Russ could pretty much play anything, um, football and baseball. I mean, give them a little... Go a couple whacks in the baseball field should be good, but uh, yeah, we also got things like pitchers and baseball too. So yeah, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. It's a good question. So I feel like th- this is one that Coley's probably thought of, knowing Coley's brain. I think it's. I don't think it's a good question because I think it's obviously basketball, more so than football. Yeah, no, it's not. I of feel, course it is. I feel like being giant, being no. like 6'10", 6'11", is not necessarily that's a an small. Asset. That's a small amount of them. Most of them are between 6 feet and 6'6". Six, six. Like, and yeah. I think that you well, lends well to the rest of the sports, too. Like, baseball, you're certainly not going to pick baseball. They're not going it, to – it truly comes down to basketball versus football. And basketball allows more free reign of thought player to player where I think football, it's so structured. Like – you're taking an offensive lineman, they're going to be trash at, at basketball and at baseball and at hockey. Yeah, if you take a running back like Arian, like, yeah, they could probably play basketball. I don't know if Arian's ever seen a baseball based on things he's said on this show. Hey, um, two home runs in Little League. <laughs> play for the Texas Rangers, bro. Let him uh, know. Hockey, so, hockey, I feel like it's a deep fourth yeah, here. So, so I think it is basketball, but uh, allow me to pause it for one second. Almost nobody in any other sport is going to be able to play baseball. They just, you just, it's a completely different skill set. So if you take a baseball player, like, I mean, they're still professional athletes. Like most of them are probably mm. like fine at basketball. Like could probably figure out how to play, you know, some position in football. I think it is basketball because those guys are the most athletic, generally speaking, but the most lean too. Like it's a different, like, Football guys are so bulky. But the baseball players can do the hardest one. So I think well, what are baseball, Jordan baseball players would be very good at golf overall, too. Mm-hmm. 
I think True. baseball players play the most golf yeah. of any other profession. Well, Even basketball players have gotten super into golf. I don't know if it started with the pandemic, but they're the, like everyone focuses on Charles Barkley, but like every basketball player I know of also plays golf now. Um, I think, I think rugby players would actually be up there, professional rugby players, because you have you have to be able to tackle, you have to be able to run, you have to be able to throw. You have to be able to run for uh, extended periods of time as well. So, but are we talking about like would be the best at the four major sports? If we're limiting it to baseball, basketball, hockey, and football, and football, I would say football. I would say football I, overall. I would say football. Are there are there four major sports? We're not. Are we just throwing hockey out? How is that a major sport? It's a major sport. I mean, they fill arenas. They have a national league. Small ones, yeah. Well, basketball ones. Dude. Yeah, I, half of them are the same arenas, dude. Half of them are, yeah. But I'm saying, like, it's really not played globally. You could. It's, oh, it's absolutely it's, played Avery, globally. I've been watching Whoa. Avery Hang just wait now. for the thing that was going to make him Hang speak up. Hang on now. The two it's continents absolutely completely globally. just say we're all set. It's very much played in Europe. It's very much played that's all it. over the world. Football isn't no. played globally. No, it's not. Northern Hemisphere. For, uh, hockey is not played in Africa. It's not played in the Middle East. It's not played right. in South America. Right. Probably probably played a little bit in Australia, but not a lot. Because you need I'd ice. say we, uh, we're long overdue to upgrade the four major sports. Like, hockey is not carried. Every time it gets locked out, no one really cares. And it gets locked out the most of the four major sports. Are you making it three major sports or putting soccer there? I I have been saying three major sports for a while now. I'd almost be more inclined to move a second football. I think college football is our fourth major sport. <laughs> no, I, I I mean college football is infinitely more popular than hockey. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's that's true. But I I if 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 we're counting college football under the umbrella of football as a whole, then yeah, I would nominate soccer. Are we talking about America? Yes, I yeah. think four major sports is is international. I think because the yeah, so the soccer has to be yeah, soccer it, has to be if it's I international, agree. soccer's in there. Oh, well, I was talking just and because uh, when we say four major sports, like it's the North American leagues. So like, well, that's because we have the biggest leagues, but we do not have the biggest leagues for soccer. They are all overseas. Right. Ours is a minor league league. Okay, but if you're talking domestic, hockey is a top four sport. I don't think it's more popular United than States. soccer in this country. Okay, in the United so States, really? absolutely. So, absolutely. so let's break it down this way, okay? If, That's interesting. Hockey versus soccer, which one's more popular in America? Like hockey is completely – I know Big T's from the South and he likes the Predators, but that is a rarity. Like it is not big in the South if, at all. If, if we're breaking it down sport by sport, we could take hockey, say hockey players would be the best at hockey. They would probably be – <laughs> the second or third best, probably third best at baseball. They would probably be first th- best in lacrosse for sure. Well, no, but we're sticking to four major. On the ones. four major, okay. Hockey players would be the worst at basketball if you've ever seen hockey players play basketball. Without question, the way that they run is just awful. Um, and then they'd probably be the worst at football as well, right? Yeah. So that to me says hockey is is the worst choice. Baseball players, they'd be the best at baseball. So let's just eliminate the the sports that they actually play. Baseball players would probably be the third best at basketball. Who right? Would be yeah. Better than- yeah. Third best at football. And probably second best at hockey. 
because it's like a little racial profiling, but no, but I'm talking about like they swing and they have hand-eye coordination for hitting things with sticks. Okay. And then all right. basketball would probably be the second best at football. Yeah. They would probably be the second or third best at baseball and probably the second best at hockey, second or third best at hockey. Mm-hmm. So it's really how do you feel football would do in those other sports? Yeah, I think I, I think football would have a hard time with hockey because you got a lot of big boys, mm-hmm. and they big boys on sta- skates sometimes doesn't but work they out. Could so be well. good goalies. They could be great goalies. Good point. Aaron no, Donald playing I goalie. I don't think that's true. Imagine Aaron Donald playing goalie. By the way, I saw Aaron Donald do an agility course, and that guy is extremely agile. <laughs> oh, yeah. he has good feet. It's great feet and very flexible hips. So if you all right, I, I looked up the numbers. So it only really counts soccer wise if you're counting like U.S. people watching the U.S. national team play, which is on Why like a is national that the scale. Only way that Why? Well, because like MLS doesn't get as many as ho- hockey does, like views wise. I don't. Like I'm I think about, that might not be true anymore. No, I looked it up. Certain markets. Right. I'm saying like if you count it from a national scale, watching the national team. Soccer gets more views than hockey. So what I've noticed about soccer fans in the United States, they're big go watch the game people, not as much watch it on TV. That's true. Like they like to participate in like the hooliganism culture where it's like everyone puts the scarves on, they chant, like they try to replicate like what they do in Europe, which is just. Do we have a soccer league? Like a. Yeah, MLS. Yeah. It's it used yeah. to be like a joke. Now it's kind of like it's a top like a ten mid, league in the world. League. I'd say it's a top ten league in the world, probably. Okay. Premier League, what's Bundesliga. A, what's like the major soccer league in the world? Premier what's like League. The, what's the NBA? And the Premier League, which is England. Premier League. It's like Premier League. Uh, I would say second, probably the. Bundesliga, Bundesliga maybe. You think that's number or two? Or Syria. I would say Syria. It's those three. Syria. Then, and what, La Liga's four? La Liga, I would say, would yeah. be three or four. There's too many. See, that's why I'm not, I don't watch quick, soccer. Quick, so I don't know what to – there's too much. Quick too, many jo- too many choices. The French League is pretty good. What's the, yeah. Yeah. Is the It's EPL? better than the MLS. Yeah. Is the EPL – Premier League. That's the Premier League? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, after those, like the MLS is has good players in it now. I think China's got a pretty good league because they just they pay a shitload of money to yeah like guys that couldn't make it. Portugal quick has an okay one. Nah, I think we dust Portugal. But, the, but that's what I'm saying. Like after those first like five, like the MLS is it's not on that level, but it it has it's, good players. It's definitely top ten. Better. Wait yeah. a second, is does Ronaldo still play for Juventus? No, he plays for Man United. Oh, he slapped that child. What you? Yeah, that's why I realized. It's like wait, he was wearing red. Does Juventus, what league do they play in? Serie A in Italy. Oh, uh, okay. And then there's some good South American leagues too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But yeah, MLS is a top 10 league in the world probably. All right. Um, so good basketball. Questions. So basketball or football? Football. I'm going to be honest. Some basketball players are so large, I think it would be detrimental in other sports. Yeah, I think it'd be bad in, in football. I think if you... And they yeah. goofy, bro. They yeah. goofy as shit. <laughs> they're the most fluid athletes of all of these by far. Well, they're not. Yes, they are. Okay. What do you mean? 
I see them. I know them. Like they have okay. a specific, they have a specific skill set. Football's skill set translates more athletically, in my opinion. Football, like so, we're you're not counting kickers, you're not counting punters. No, counting no, I don't even know and count like, them in real life. I, right, but that's part of the argument. Like, there's none of that in basketball. Like Kendrick Perkins is more athletic than most, like half backup quarterbacks. Who's no. who's the least yes. athletic player in the NBA right now? Well, I don't even count. I told you I don't really count quarterbacks anyway. I don't even feel like they on. <laughs> they don't even think they play the same sport. So you're counting like, wide they, receivers and running backs. I'm the the yeah, of course. But even like, but even when you talk about like some of the linemen, like I think y'all think they just like some sloppy, goofy. Like, bro, these dudes have no. some of the best feet I've ever came across. Like, period. Dude, That's look, look at look like Aaron Donald. Like, yeah, he's a, he's the freaking extreme, but like a lot of D linemen are athletically. Big like that. That's what I'm saying. It translates more to like lateral movement, and it's just diff- it's just a different type of uh, uh, skill set. So it's like, I, no, I'm not counting quarterbacks. They don't play the same sport we did. Um, kickers, same. They just they just be chilling, listening to music, kicking all day. Uh, <laughs> Pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, dope gig if you can get it. Until <laughs> um, you miss. Until you miss, that yeah, your leash is real short though. <laughs> but um, but with basketball players, like I, I don't, I, I guess what I guess because it's my experience with them. Like when when you meet them out and like you do other things other than basketball, they're really they look unathletic. It's really weird actually. Um, but I mean, we look this- at the look at the video of LeBron and KD yeah. and all the niggas playing football. It's just horrible. It's like all like it's bad. It's really bad. I don't know. They're playing flag football during a lockout, trying not to get hurt. First of all. Second of all, oh, look, at, look at this case. Like well, they need well, I mean, we're arguing this. But yeah, why? We've had this argument like, before. We have like seen... Billy. You sound like Billy banging for Elon. Not quite. <laughs> we haven't seen a college football player go, you know what? I'm actually just going to like that did not play uh, college basketball. Be like, you know what? I'm going to give this NBA thing a shot. We see that yearly with college basketball or but yeah, college basketball players entering the NFL draft and getting selected. What? a great point what do you mean i i'm i'm unsure what you, you're saying people that never play football yes get drafted yeah mo yes. alley cox do they mo alley cox do they play yes. yeah who's starting mo alley cox he's starting, starting tight end for tight the, end for the colts. colts but he can't block over to what the who cares neither does travis kelsey that is why i don't respect him <laughs> but he's in my point is he's in the nfl he's a He's gotten multiple contracts to be an NFL tight end. So you have PFT's commanders just took uh, uh what's Sammy's uh what's his last name? Reyes? Samus Reyes, yeah. Yeah. Played never played football, only played basketball in what was it, Central or South America? Chile. From South Chile. America. Chile. Yeah. And they signed him last year with sight unseen on a football field. That's kind of crazy. I don't even know this. Right, but that that only happens basketball to football. That does not happen. There's no other crossover where that happens. But That's I, why I but, but then I I wouldn't count those players as basketball players because they never made it to the NBA. Well, the he's NBA pointing is a much out smaller league that people who have only played basketball can translate to football. Right, right, but we're talking about NBA players playing NBA So they're players. even right. better. I'm saying if they put their mind if LeBron James put his mind to be a wide receiver. But I mean, I mean when that. you look when you look at this though, it's like I'm I'm looking I had never heard of him before, but like he's not balling. He's just existing in the NFL. He has, he's got multiple NFL companies. But how many college football players have gone into the NBA and been okay? 
but that's None. I feel like that's a that's a that's a difference because what he did was say I'm big and I could jump, and they said we can use that, uh-huh. right? That's very specific. You got good hands too. Yeah, I think that could be taught though, right? There's there's no, there's nothing like that, especially with football, because football bodies are shorter. That mm-hmm. there's no skill set that that translate from from football that says I can use that in basketball. You're just gonna be. Is there worse athletes? I mean, I see a point. I disagree, but I see a point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it's I too I like, I, and I'm also thinking like, if you're gonna cherry pick skill position players, I'm only gonna take ones and twos in basketball, like that are extremely pliable can stop and start on a dime, incredible quickness and long distance speed. Like if that's how we're going to do it, if we're only going to take the top end guys, then yeah, I'm still sticking with that. I just think basketball is too specialized. I think their skill set is just designed. I think it's the opposite. They spent their entire life just working on shooting a ball and dribbling and, and doing all those specific things to the sport. You're also, but like, it's also the only sport where you're, let me make sure I'm saying this correctly before I say it. Baseball, you play offense and defense, but it's so much different than basketball's offense and defense to the point where, like, like yeah, Arian's talking about Aaron, Aaron Donald, someone who is a dominant defensive lineman, his crazy quickness and strength. I think he could play offense, but obviously the NFL wants to just keep him on one side of the ball. Whereas on basketball, you truly cannot play if you can't play both ways. And playing defense in basketball is not the same as playing offense in basketball, obviously, but the way you have to move your body, the way you have to bend, the way you have to turn around, box someone out who could be 40 pounds of muscle heavier than you. That's just how to, but that's how the sport is set up though. That's, that's sure. But that's my, my argument to him saying they only have one type of specialization, which I do not think is true. Trey young would disagree with you that you can't. Trey young is yes. There are for sure exceptions. (laughs) I, I think, I think, I think the athleticism and the toughness, it translates to any other sport better. It's like football does. It translates to any other sport better. Because basketball, they're so, they're just like prima donnas. Yeah, yeah, man. They're prima donnas, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's actually a good question. That's where the, I mean, if they didn't have guaranteed contracts, maybe they wouldn't be as uh, soft and pampered, but they do. Facts. Well, I think I think it's also the culture around basketball, especially like the AAU shit. Like growing up, it's like you Definitely. you treat you treat fourteen, fifteen year olds like superstars when they're that young. They start to believe the shit. Thousand percent. Yeah, that's why I argue LeBron is not as much a basketball player as he is like a Macaulay Culkin child star. Like he's, you can't look at him like a NBA player. Like he is, he was on covers of magazines when he was thirteen years old. Like he Facts. does not have the same world as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And he fires his coaches the day after the season's over. Every time. <laughs> did you see what time he had his meeting today? No. I, did, I missed so that. So when everyone gets eliminated, which the Lakers did a week ago, um, they have um, – uh, Big T, what's the word I'm looking for? They have, like, checkout meetings at the end of the year. Exit interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exit, exit, exit meetings. Yeah. I should have asked you. You invented the exit interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have their exit interviews. And LeBron's was at 9.15 this morning. The next – time was 1 30 in the afternoon not because he needed four hours because he had to get the he wasn't sticking around like he did his at nine in the morning dj augustine's at 5 15 like that's he's making Damn. the lakers front office come in for a full 12 hours just because he wants to get the fuck out of there love it that's crazy yeah he's different man he's definitely different all right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's macrodosing. i think we learned a lot about each other billy actually left um <laughs> 
I don't. Why know. did he leave? Well, he says that he has a big trip that he has to go on doing some interviews, which is technically true. But I think he just got bullied out of the room by Big T. That's what I think happened. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't support bullying. We don't. But when it happens, you got to call it out for what. Like you just alpha Billy. He was a little that? rattled. He was a little rattled. He is. All right. <laughs> he so is. We'll see you guys on Thursday for nano dosing. Uh, love you guys and talk to you then.